What's up, wrestling fans? Yeah, it's that time as it is every week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It is time for this week's edition of 607 TWS Live on Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. And wherever you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS. Yeah, and of course, we're coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on uh, 607 Podcast on Twitch. I'm also the host of the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me as he does each and every week, the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch. And of course, you know him better as the host of the Ocha Jaro Parlay, our podcast better known as O-P-O-D-P-H. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is good? Thank God February's over. Let's roll into March and let's go kick some ass tonight, shall we? Ooh. Yeah, this year is going by quickly, quickly. Way too fast. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that I was in Atlantic City bringing in the new year with GCW. Now, eh, we're two months, or we're almost into the third month of the year. Yeah. We're a month away from WrestleMania, pretty much. A little more than a month. Yeah. Less than 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we are literally six days away from AEW's next pay-per-view, Revolution, which we'll be talking about in the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. Of course, that'll be in the main event. Yes. Uh, in the mid-card, we'll be talking about this whole situation going down with Atticus Coger and GCW and Circle Six. And it, there's a really interesting story with some theories out there on the interwebs. And we'll be diving into that muck. And then, of course, we'll also be talking about the uh, today, just today, WWE 2K22 has revealed the roster. Of course, we're a little over a little over a week away from the game coming out. Yeah, it's crazy. Which, uh, from all I've seen, the gameplay looks amazing. We'll talk about that in the mid card as well. And of course, we're going to open the store show in the opening bout, talking about the huge weekend for Game Changer Wrestling out in Los Angeles, California, and two great shows. Well, before we jump into all of that, though, Kenem, because we've got a lot to talk about today. How about you tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Dura Parley Hour podcast? Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out the directory. You can find the ODPH on your favorite podcast provider. Parlay points. New blogs count anywhere is up right now to kind of hype into AEW and a few more wrestling topics this weekend and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. Of course, and for everything three fat nerds, go and visit us at 8122productions.com. You get all the links to our T Public store, uh, Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. You can find out all the information about the three fat nerds podcast, Horizon 607, 607TWS, friends of the show like the ODPH and uh, Sci Fi Horror Fest. Oh, my God, uh, Musical Acts, and you name it, it's there at 8122productions.com. And, of course, we are on all social medias. Just uh, search 3 Fat Nerds Pod, throw an at in front of it if you have to, and booyakasha, there we are. Join that conversation, because we're always there to chit-chat about everything, including... I was kind of busy this weekend uh, chatting about pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't quite uh, make it through the second night of GCW. I went to bed. I was fucking tired. It had nothing to do with the show. I had to watch it the next. But I I did live tweet the first night. Amazingly enough, I made it until 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, The next night, I just... I had to get up and do things. I couldn't make it. But we're going to talk about that. I did watch the shows. But, you know, all that and more over there at 3 Friday Nerds Pod and Twitter. And, uh, you know, we can't talk about baseball because... Oh, the deadline was today. Yeah. And yeah. I, don't see, I don't hear a deal being made. Uh, I'm thinking we might see baseball in May. I'm assuming you'll be talking about this on the ODPH podcast tomorrow. Yes, we will. Not everywhere talking them sports balls. Yes. I love it. I love it. How about the $50 million man, Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> Although Pat McAfee uh, did, did report after messaging him that that was a false report. He did not indeed ask for $50 million. I think he asked for more, maybe? No, no, no. I, he said that that was all erroneous. Aaron Rodgers did. That was from Aaron Rodgers himself. And A.J. Hawk confirmed so. So it was just a report from somewhere. Uh, right now, A.J. Hawk is presuming that uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that, the, that uh, the report that came out to the reporters was from a different team trying to explain to their fan base why they won't be getting Aaron Rodgers. Because $50 million is a lot. I do think he should be the highest paid player because, I mean, two-time-in-a-row MVP – yeah, absolutely. And plus, I think the Tom Brady contract has kind of set the bar. So the $50 million thing is not completely out of the It's not out of the question thought. that he might get that. I'm just saying he's not asking for that. Right. Because he's also asking that they re-sign Devontae Adams and a bunch of other people because he wants a championship. Yeah. Because I think that's what he has to prove. You're getting my points here just because I won't be able to talk about it tomorrow. But uh, trust me, they will. Uh, the ODPH will do a great job covering it. But yes, uh, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show today, and Pat McAfee was talking about that, so... Of course, Pat McAfee's got a big week. We'll talk about that in the mid-card yeah. as well, because uh, that, that that's part of WWE news. So, but let's let's not talk about no more football or baseball or any other sports balls that we can think about, because we're here to talk about pro wrestling, and we have a lot to talk about. So, uh, Ken M, I think it's time for you to check your watch. <laughs> That's right, it's time for the opening contest here on 607 TWS, and we are going to recap the L.A. Fight Extravaganza that Game Changer Wrestling put on this past week. Shot Caller Weekend. Shot Caller Weekend in Los Angeles, California from the Ukrainian Cultural Center uh, and uh, the beautiful building, by the way. Oh, my God, yeah. And uh, we had three major cards from that building two game changer wrestling shows and one la fight shows la fights three went down and we're going to cover them in the order they came to us of course all of these shows and what we were kind of talking about in the opening of the show you know the two gcw shows started at 8 p.m pacific time which means here on the east coast it was 11 p.m eastern standard time always brutal for us and so uh you know the first night i made it till 2 a.m the second night i got to about 12 o'clock and said i, I just can't do it because i couldn't keep my eyes open and I, it's just it's not worth going through that i watched a ton of wrestling because i in between i was watching stuff on independentwrestling.tv uh we're not gonna go broke over those shows but iwtv is a great place to check out some great independent wrestling i checked out uh h2o on friday night they had a great show also i checked out uh company blitzkrieg pro wrestling it's out of Pen- it's out of connecticut sorry they had quite an interesting card uh, including Bobby Orlando on the card. Ooh. It was a really good card. Uh, and so, oh, Max Caster was there as well. Okay. Max, Max Caster versus uh, uh, O'Shea. Nice. O'Shea Edwards. Nice. Very good. Very good match. Uh, so, I mean, I checked a lot of that, and I also watched uh, Freelance Underground. They, they I were heard also on. Really it was a very show. good show as well. So, 
IWTV for all those. We're not going to go over all those shows, but I just wanted to give them a shout out. But we are going to talk about Game Changer Wrestling. It's one of our favorite things to talk about. And man, they did not disappoint this weekend during Shot Caller Weekend in Los Angeles. Uh, let's talk about the show. Uh, first up, Friday night from the Ukrainian Cultural Center. GCW, welcome to Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. The opening contest. The former GCW World Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes, J.M. Mark Briscoe, defeated Jacob Fatu and Juicy Fanwa. 10 minutes and 33 seconds. This was a brutal beat-the-shit-out-of-each-other matchup. I was here for it. How'd you feel about this match? You want to start hot, you want to get the crowd going, this is a perfect way to do it. These guys went in there and absolutely were trying to beat the absolute shit out of each other, and they did a fantastic job of it. Yeah, I agree, and at the end of the day, the Briscoes said, hey, we want our title shot. And we're not waiting until spring break. Yes. So the shot will go down in Atlanta, Georgia, it looks like. Uh, actually, didn't they book? Uh, well, there's a there's a spot show in, in Los Angeles unless they booked it there. Okay. I That's think, the only two shows in between now and the collective. Because I thought Hate Club versus SGC was booked for Atlanta. It might be. So they yes. might be doing it in the spot show in, yes, in, I think in it's Los spot Angeles, show. which came up out of nowhere on March the 27th, which is a Thursday. Yes. So that came up out of nowhere. Those are the only two shows between now and the collective for Game Changer Wrestling. So, yeah, maybe it is the LA show. Uh, next up, we had a dream match, if you will. All heart. Blake Christian, <sighs> a.k.a. the best in the world, defeating the young prodigy Nick Wayne in 19 minutes and 34 seconds. By the way, on Cage Match, they gave this match a rating of 7.95 out of 10 out of 20 votes. This match was phenomenal. One of the best matches of the weekend. Woo! Boy, did they both leave it out there. This is textbook 101, why you should be watching indie wrestling. These two guys absolutely fucking killed it. And what can you say about the year of all heart? Blake Christian right now might be the best wrestler on the planet, bar none. I agree. I definitely don't have a problem with that, but Blake Christian versus Nick Wayne, great match. Next up, we had another banger. Six or seven TWS's favorite asshole, our resident asshole, Tony Deppin, defeated the debuting Kevin Blackwood, 11 minutes and 34 seconds. And boy, did Kevin Blackwood make an impact in his GCW debut. Fantastic debut for him. And this was a great match from bell to bell. You can really get behind Blackwood being, I hope he's coming around GCW more because he impressed the hell out of me. Yeah, very good stuff. I enjoyed this match intently. And then we had the match that was the talk of the indie wrestling world, probably the wrestling world for the, at least this weekend. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Ninja Kamikaze oh Mac, God. 14 minutes and 7 seconds. And if you did not see it, there was a spot that took place on top of the uh, uh, the entrance, like the opening to the building. There's a ledge about 20 feet up. And uh, Mortal Kombat style, Ninja Mac and Speedball Mike Bailey fought up there. And uh, at the end of the day, Ninja Mac came crashing through a door lifted by tables on the ground. Woo! The setup for that was kind of weird because he set the, the chair spot up with the tables and then they left it. And even the announcing was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then when they climbed up there, I was like, oh my God, like, what are they doing here? But if you've seen Ninja Mac wrestle in LA before... He's, he's been known to jump off everything in that building. And this whole spot was absolutely freaking insane. But what a match. Absolutely. This was one of those times where, wow. Just, just wow. I can't, I, I can't give it any more than that. It was phenomenal. I <laughs> Talk about some of the best matches. In the first four matches of this event, 
bar none, probably some of the best action we've seen all year to date. Yes. The rest of the card's amazing, too, but these first four matches were like banger after banger after banger, and it didn't stop because match number five was for the GCW Extreme Championship. Your champion coming in, Black Death, a.k.a. the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray, Defended the belt and retained to be and still GCW Extreme Champion as he defeated ACH 13 minutes and 19 seconds. And he hit ACH with one of the hardest lariats I've ever seen a wrestler hit somebody with. I needed to wear a mouth guard to watch the replay because, my God, he leveled him with that shot. This was a great match, too, though. And the post-match comments. AJ Gray, after this was said and done, said, hey, I won the brass ring. So at Joey Janela's spring break, I'm cashing in. It's going to be me versus Moxley for the GCW World Championship, and it was made official. AJ Gray, one-on-one with the GCW World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley, championship on the line. Joey Janela, spring break, March the 31st. Got a feeling we're going to be saying and new that night. I can't wait for that. Very possible, very possible. Next up, we had a Legends match. Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Homicide in 13 minutes and 40 seconds. Very good Lucha match. Mm -hmm. And another big one as uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. said, Hey, I was serious. I'm challenging Psycho Clown, hair versus mask. And I do believe that is set up for the April 9th show. Uh, I don't think it was set up for the March 27th show, which there is no listing of that show, even though they announced it on night two. Correct. So uh, I I think that at that point, Junction Relay had not announced the March 27th show, so it could go down there. But I'm assuming him versus Psycho Clown will probably go down on April 9th from Los Angeles. Hair versus mask. And if you know anything, Dr. Wagner Jr. lost his mask in a mask versus mask match against Psycho Clown. So this is a grudge match mm-hmm. that is, is a, was a big deal in AAA in Mexico and has now come to the United States in Game Changer Wrestling. It's going to be insane. Absolutely crazy. Very good. Very interesting. Next up, we had an eight-man tag match. Second gear crew and friends, the team of Alley Catch, Dark Sheik, Gringo Loco, and Matt Justice defeated Team Reefer, which was Grim Reefer, Jack Cartwheel, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, and Big Breakfast, the East Coast Ace, the Clout Cutter, Jordan Oliver. This match got 10 minutes and 45 seconds, and boy, it was a normal SGC match. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way to describe it. You know when you got SGC on the card, it's going to be a wild brawl, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And this billing, everybody involved did a fantastic job. Like, this was a fun match to watch. It's absolutely got crazy. And even to clarify, too, Second Gear Crew is taking on the Hate Club for the belts at Yeah, I was going to talk about that at night, too, because that's when the challenge was. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, that is in Atlanta. Yes. So, next up, we had the main event of the evening. And it was the one that everybody was waiting for. Joey Janela and X-Pac defeated the major players, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, in 20 minutes and two seconds. But that's not the story of the match. At the end of the match, X-Pac thanking the crowd, saying, uh, you know, this might be his last match. And then Joey Janela super kicks X-Pac and is standing over him to go off air. After off air, trash was thrown at Joey Janela, and then a fist fight ensued between him and a fan in the second row after throwing a full beer at him. Yeah, it turned into a wild scenario there. And obviously, everybody was very well receiving of X-Pac coming back. It was a great moment. He looked great in the ring. And seeing Janela do what he do, 
Oh, that crowd turned ugly real quick. Well, we'd find out about more about it on night two. We'll talk about that in a minute. But overall, night one, uh, how do you feel about GCW on the first night? Great night of action. Definitely Blake Christian, Nick Wayne. What can you say about that match? And second gear crew doing their thing. It was a fun match. I mean, this is a typical GCW card, which is always bringing a lot of different style to this uh, to the ring, and they definitely brought a lot of good energy, so it definitely started the week off right. All right, next up, we had uh, LA Fights Volume 3, which took place at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, where they were in Los Angeles, once again, from the Ukrainian Center in Los Angeles, California. Opening was a six-way scramble match where Juicy Finwa defeated Hunter Freeman, Jordan Cruz, Keita Murray, Lucas Riley, and Midas Creed in 10 minutes and 50 seconds. Very good opening contact. Big Juicy Ben doing big things. Yes. But after the match, Juicy, who has been a heel for a little while now in GCW in L.A. fights, decides he's going to beat up some referees. He's going to beat up some more of the competitors. And then Big F and Vin gets involved from JCW and the challenge is made. It's going to be Juicy Finwa versus Big fucking Vin at JCW versus L.A. fights. WrestleMania weekend for the collective. Super excited about this. Thought it was a great opening match, too, and just... Man, the collective is really filling up nicely. Yeah. Uh, then we had some more talents from L.A. Fights that we're all getting familiar with now that the L.A. Fights is uh, giving everybody a little pedestal. Jude is defeated D-Rogue, 9 minutes and 36 seconds. Solid match. Next up was J- Jack Cartwheel defeating Brandon Gadsden, 13 minutes and 21 seconds. This was a phenomenal match. This was a great match. Next up, completing uh, his first victory of the weekend, Kevin Blackwood defeated Jai Vidal, 11 minutes and 57 seconds. Blackwood, like we said, had a great weekend, and this was a fine competition here. Next up, we had two big men punching each other in the mouth as Bad Dude Tito defeated Tyler Bateman, 7 minutes and 48 seconds. Great match. We had a tag team match. West Coast Legends, B-Boy, and Little Cholo defeated the team of the unguided Damian Drake and Matt Vandegraaff, 12 minutes and 5 seconds. And after, we got a little bit uh, more storytelling between the two captains of JCW and LA Fights as... B-Boy had Grim Reefer in the ring, told him it was not personal, but then gave him the cutter. Yes. And left the ring with Grim Reefer on his back. They're setting that storyline up very, very nicely. Everything about this setup was great. Next up, Dark Sheet defeated the freshly, freshly, uh, I shouldn't say released, contract expired, Pretty Peter Avalon from All Elite Wrestling, 8 minutes and 36 seconds. Once again, though, the story after the match... Charles Mason from JCW out appears of out of nowhere and chokes out the Dark Sheik. Yeah, this was freaking crazy. The bag incident, I was like, oh my God. And of course, he puts the bag over the face. It's a Charles Mason exclusive. We've seen him do it to Billy Starks. We've seen him do it to uh, Connor. Yeah. Now, he's done it to Dark Sheik, and it looks like we're going to build towards Charles Mason versus Dark Sheik. It has not been made official, but I'm assuming that'll be the match at JCW That's versus be, LA Fights. That's going to be a great match. Of course, in between now and then, we do have another JCW show. Mm. JCW will be going down later this month, so maybe we'll get an answer from the Dark Sheik there. Uh, next up was the main event of the evening. Allie Catch defeated Sandra Moon, 16 minutes and 10 seconds, and this was a phenomenal women's division match at Game Changer Wrestling. How'd you feel about it? Allie Catch is one of the best in the world, so this was definitely worthy of the main event status. They definitely brought it, and, and solid way to cap off the night for LA fights. All right, next up. And finally, for the uh, weekend, we had, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center, of course, in Los Angeles, GCW's The Coldest Winter. It went down at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday night. 
opening contest, Ninja Kamikaze Mac, who somehow didn't die. Not only did he not die, he defeated Jack Cartwheel in eight minutes and 31 seconds. Oof. And whoo, this was a flippity-dippity match. And even the referee broke out a cartwheel. Yeah, this was all over the place. High action, high energy. What a way to start the show. A match that uh, got made. And uh, we got to see these two participants the night before. But big breakfast. These Coast Ace, the Calcutta Jordan Oliver gets a win. It's been a rough year on him for wins and losses, but he gets a win over the Dark Sheik. Nine minutes and 28 seconds, just squeaking a shoulder up to get the victory. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure when uh, Oliver got the shoulder up. I was like, did the referee make a botch there? But great match overall. I definitely want to see that ran back. I will say that if, if, this, if it wasn't for the main event of this evening, the next match would have been match of the night. It would have been match of the night on any card as Thunder Rosa defeated our favorite asshole, Tony Depp, in 17 minutes and 49 seconds. This match was phenomenal. And if for anybody is against intergender wrestling, this was the perfect match to show them to say, hey, when done right, yeah. <laughs> intergender wrestling is a phenomenal thing because Thunder Rosa and Tony Depp in both brought it. Great match. Would love to see it ran back. Absolutely. No, they definitely brought it for this match and like rich touch upon intergender wrestling done like this is absolutely phenomenal as a matter of fact at the end of the match thunder rosa even said to tony deppin she wanted another match she wanted to run it back because she likes it hard yeah her exact words on twitter by the way mm -hmm. super cool thunder rosa awesome great competitor next up we got a surprise or this early in the card match by the way neither knight had an intermission which was interesting yeah but we had a do-or-die death match in the middle of the card. Mm -hmm. And it featured a man who has never been in a death match before this evening. And God knows when the next one he'll ever do. Although he was phenomenal in this one. As that man would be the sauce, the sauce god even, mm -hmm. Alex Zane. He took on Jimmy fucking Lloyd. At the end of the day, Jimmy Lloyd wins this match in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. However, Alex Zane, the story of it, not only did he do a good job, the deathmatch community really respecting all the, the, the stuff that, that Alex Zane did. However, Alex Zane suffered a pretty bad laceration on his arm, but even worse than that, it looked during the finish of the match and uh, got confirmed, he suffered a ruptured globe in his eye, which is the protective covering of your eyeball, by the way, uh, because glass got into it. They had to remove glass from it. And he had to go into surgery, which is the way that you repair that. Uh, from Alex Zane, the surgery went well. Mm -hmm. However, this could actually cause him to lose sight in that eye forever. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. The doctors seem to be optimistic, is what Alex Zane said. He's uh, in good spirits. I saw him today. He had his Taco Bell all bandaged up. He got the eye patch on. He's at home. He's got the Taco Bell. Hopefully, so uh, thoughts, and, thoughts, and, thoughts and prayers, if you will. Positive vibes, healing vibes. To the sauce god, Alex Zane, how'd you feel about the match, though? I mean, it was a great match, but the post-match pictures Zane was posting, I was like, oh, my God. He got, that, he got that meat cut on his arm. Oh, you know, the one where that... you can see all the meat sticking out, like Schlack says. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kudos to him. Like, uh, all, the, all the props in the world for doing it. I mean, But, man, I don't know. Like, I, I think that that could be a one and done, and I think there's no argument about doing it. Like, he left it in the ring and... Like I say, it was a great match, but damn. A lot of guys like to try their hand at a death yeah, match. Sure. It was perfect in there with, with uh, Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd did nothing wrong. No, no. it's just... uh, It was a freak accident. I really do believe it was in the final spot of the match. Lloyd had him on top. He kind of wheelbarrowed him through a pane of glass. If you rewatch it, the glass takes a bad hop and yeah. lands in his face. 
And after that is when he, after the pin is when he was holding it. Well, during the pin, he was holding his eyes. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's where the accident happened for that. The arm cut was earlier in the match. He fought through most of the match with that arm cut, mm-hmm. uh, which is not, I, I hate to say it, but it's not unusual in a death match. No, it's with, not. But... With deep cuts. But the eye, that was definitely a scary moment. Like I said, thoughts, prayers, yeah, positive absolutely. vibe, healing vibes to the sauce god, Alex Zane. He says he's going to be back in the ring as soon as he can. Uh, he's, he's trying to say that he's going to be there in, in Atlanta, I guess. I don't know. I I mean I, I positive thoughts to you. I mean I, I don't know if that'd be Maybe Alex Zane can pull off the pirate, the taco pirate gimmick. I don't know. Ooh. By the way, most innovative match, part of the match, we got the taco. Yes. The taco attacks in it followed by a Baja blast with there was tax. Insane. Absolutely Very crazy. Very cool stuff. Uh, once again, there was no intermission. They just swept the ring up and kept the pushing, which was going to lead to an injury. I wouldn't say an injury, an incident in it later in the night we'll talk about. Mm. But uh, next up, we had an eight-man tag team match that got added day of show. Second gear crew, or as they put on the screen, second gear bussy. Mm-hmm. AJ Gray, Matthew Justice, and of course, bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie defeated the Team LA Fights, Hunter Freeman, Jai Vidal, Jordan Cruz, and Sandra Moon, 9 minutes and 56 seconds. Them LA Fights kids put up a hell of a fight. But at the end of the day, Matthew Justice, woo. Yeah, I mean, a wild brawl from start to finish. LA Fights, though, the representatives did their thing, though. And definitely, I think, won some respect from the GCW crowd. It was a fun match. It was a wild brawl. But like we say, it's SGC involved. You know what you're getting. At the end of the match, of course, they bring out Mance Warner, who we were promised was yes. going to talk. Uh, I, I, we didn't, I purposely did not talk about the beginning of the show with Joey Janelle. We're going to talk about it at the end. Mm-hmm. Just so that way, anybody knowing this chronological, there was something at the beginning. But I do want to bring this up because we mentioned it earlier. Mass Warner came out and said he's going to be healthy. As a matter of fact, he's returning to the ring in Atlanta. And he said it's time for Second Gear crew to get their tag title shot that they haven't gotten. So it's the Hate Club versus the SGC in Atlanta. A- Astronaut is what the name of the show is. It's going to be a good one. Oh, I'm excited to see that one. They've got a lot of stuff announced for that card. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, so. Keep your eyes. We'll be, definitely be covering that when it happens. Uh, next up, Kevin Blackwood in his first GCW win because he defeated the legendary Grim Reefer 9 minutes and 53 seconds. He even put out the Reefer's uh, joint on his chest. He stuffed it out. Yeah, that was a wild scene right there. But and yelled straight edge rules. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic, though. And like I said, Blackwood had an amazing weekend. So like this was a perfect way to cap it off for him. Phenomenal job. Hope to see him back in GCW very, very soon. A lot of eyes on uh, Blackwood. He's making some rounds. He's getting some pretty big fights on his car, not just in GCW, but elsewhere. West so, Coast Pro. Yeah, it? West Coast Pro. He's got some big, he's got uh, Minoru Suzuki, I yep. believe, coming up, uh, as well as there's some other great fights announced for him because he's starting to make his name out there. Of course, he's uh, from Buffalo, New York originally, so right up the road from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Him and uh, Red Death Daniel Garcia came up together. Yep. As a matter of fact, Great story. If you guys don't know, uh, both of them were involved in a horrible car crash going to a town uh, in icy conditions. Uh, Two of the people in the car I don't think ever wrestled again. And those two actually suffering some severe injuries, but came out wrestling again, thankfully. And now both him and Red Death Daniel Garcia are huge names in the world of professional wrestling, especially indie wrestling. And now Red Death Daniel Garcia on All Elite Wrestling Mm -hmm. as well. Next up, we had a great Lucha match. Gringo Loco defeated Mascara Dorado, formerly known as Grand Metalik, 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Who does Lucha better in the United States than Game Changer Wrestling? I'll give you the answer. Nobody. Nobody. This was a phenomenal match from bell to bell. 
I want to see this one ran back too. Oh, I, I definitely do, and I cannot wait for World on Lucha from the Collective. Once again, we'll be breaking down the Collective as we get closer. That's going to be a big pay item for myself. I know Ken's throwing in. Mm-hmm. I know Diesel's throwing in, and we're gonna just uh, we're gonna be watching a lot of wrestling coming into WrestleMania weekend. Collective is firing off, baby. Yes. Now it brings us to our main event of the evening and the best match of the night, and I dare I say the best match of the weekend. And that was a, this is a weekend that had a lot of great matches. There is at least five matches that would have in, in the entire weekend. Actually, no, there's probably like six matches. Honestly, that would have been the best match at any wrestling show they were on. Mm-hmm. There's probably four matches, three or four matches from this weekend. And I'm not just saying this as a fan. I'm just saying this as looking at it as a fan and somebody who's nervous. There's at least three or four matches that could have been match of the weekend, yep. match of the week, match of the year contenders. I mean, Blake versus Nick Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like Christian, Nick Wayne, great match. But I really do dare say this was the best match of the weekend and definitely match of the year candidate. Talk about telling stories and giving you the physical wrestling. All heart, Blake Christian, a.k.a. the best in the world. Defeated. Speedball Mike Bailey, a.k.a. the best in the world. 24 minutes, 19 seconds. All I'm going to say is, holy shit, these two guys brought it. They told the story. As a matter of fact, these guys are known for high pace, high speed, death-defying offense. Mm -hmm. They're also good technical wrestlers. Don't get me wrong, because we're going to get to that. I love the story of this match. They started off in the high speed, the high pace, lots of kicks, lots of flips, lots of dives. But then, Speedball worked the leg of, of Blake. Then Blake worked the leg of Speedball. So now it was a battle between guys on weak legs. So now we got the technical wrestling aspect to bring it back for some strikes and some death-defying shit at the end of the match. And uh, by the way, we now know what Blake Christian's finishing maneuver that uh, sisters Abigail into like a double-arm DDT. He calls it the Golden Trident. Yes. What a match. I, I fully echo your statement. This is my match of the year candidate right now. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, this is my match of the year candidate. Yeah, this is number one. It's not even close. Well, I mean, it is to a degree. But if you really break down like Rich was talking about, this, the storytelling that was going on with this match, and you know Bailey and Christian definitely have that high offense capability. But when they started working over each other's legs and knees, and they were kept selling that throughout the match. Very good. To the point where, like, they couldn't even do, like, I, I think Blake was trying to do a DVD at one point and couldn't do it, could just knee gave out. Hell, there was one point in juncture in the match where they both got had to use the ropes to get up, and Speedball went to run at him and just crumpled to the ground. Yes. And it was just, like, perfect. It was like, wow, this is great that they're just... And like I said, you, it was the tale of every kind of style of wrestling in one match. Yeah. You had the fast, death-defying strikes, dives, and flips in the beginning, like, 10 minutes. Then there was the leg work over for five, and then there was another five to eight minutes of technical wrestling while selling the leg injuries to finish up strong in the last few minutes in an exciting way. I mean, speedball Mike Bailey hits the ultimate weapon, mm-hmm. and Blake kicks out. Yeah, shocked then, at that. And then Blake reverses into the uh, Golden Trident for the win. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to watch with this match and just seeing how two at the top of the level of wrestling going today are putting this together. This is stuff people should be taking notes about and trying to emulate. After the match, respect shown by both men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Christian said that you know he's, he wants to become the best in the world, and that's his goal, to come out here and show why and he deserves to be. He said, But then he said, Speedball Mike Bailey, you're already there. 
He's like, they couldn't, we couldn't see you in America for a while because of visa issues, but you've been wrestling around the world in Canada. You haven't missed a beat. You're fucking phenomenal. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You're the best in the world. Mike Bailey went to say something, got emotional, and just dropped the mic, gave him the hug. Yeah. Like, the both of them deserve that match. I would love to see this again. This mm-hmm. is a fucking fight forever if I've ever seen one. Yes. I talk about, we talk about Blake Christian and Leo Rush having a chemistry. Speedball Mike Bailey and, and Blake Christian have that same chemistry. Agreed. It's amazing. Agreed. You know, we saw Blake Christian night one with the young prodigy Nick Wayne showing why Nick Wayne deserves a contract at 16, even though he won't appear on AEW television until 18. It's just kind of more of a promo deal mm-hmm. for right now, which is fine. He deserves it. Yeah. And he's showing why, even though he's not, you know, he's not in his final form. He's still a young kid. He's 16 years old. He's almost 17. Blake Christian is coming out of WWE, took a nine-month sabbatical, if you will, yeah. to go be uh, Trey Baxter. It didn't work out so well. But now he's back on the indie scene. He's just been in fucking match after match. He's been in literally four to five-star match after four to five-star match. I don't think I've seen him in a match that was below four stars since he's returned. No, I'm trying to think of one. No. No. It just even He's been wrestling for GCW, of course. Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. New Japan Strong. And he's just putting out bangers. Him and Chris Bay had a banger for New Japan Strong. Yeah, they did. Uh, he was in that great three-way for Impact on Impact Television a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He's. It looks like he's gonna. Him and Trey Miguel are gonna have a, a, a match at Impact soon. I heard that's on the docket at least. They gotta do that. That's gonna tear the place down. That that could be another one of those that keep your eye for. That could be match of the year mm-hmm. candidate. And just wait till he gets Jonathan Grisham. Jonathan Grisham and him in Atlanta astronaut. Yeah. Not for the belt. No. Because it's too close now to Supercard, Supercard, and they wanted to do that title, title for title match with him and Bandito. But Blake Christian's already made it. No, not only he's going to beat Jonathan Gresham. Afterwards, he said he wants whoever wins that match because he's going to prove it. He's already beat Bandito. Mm-hmm. If he beat, and I, I, I think there's a strong possibility he beats Jonathan Gresham. Could happen. If Ring of Honor's smart. They make that happen because it's a good storyline for Ring of Honor mm-hmm. to have. You know. Probably the the guy who's rising to the best in the world, and Blake Christian, man, phenomenal, all heart, love him, great guy. Couldn't honestly, nice, nicest dude that you'll ever meet. So it's it's awesome that good things are happening for him. Yes. Lots of hard work. All right, so the card as a whole, obviously great. The weekend as a whole, great. But we have one more thing to talk about, and actually, we're going to the rewind machine because it happened at the beginning of night two. But I wanted to save it for last to go out on because I think it's the most important thing that happened the night before. We ended with Joey Janela kicking the head off of X-Pac, a la Shawn Michaels to Hulk Hogan Yep. in 2004. Or was it five? I was at that SummerSlam, and I don't even I don't remember. It was 04 or 05. Lots of, thing, lots of things happened between then and now. Anyways, uh, so what happened was Joey Janela came out and sat a chair in the ring. He even lit up a cigarette. Yeah. And he sat there, and he whined and cried about how he's never gotten his flowers. He's busted his ass. He's bled. He carried this company when nobody was here. When Nick Gage was in prison, he's the reason Game Changer Wrestling's on the map. He helped build this company. Yet nobody's given him his respect. Nobody's given him his flowers. Hell, coming up here soon on March the 30th, I do believe he said, Mm -hmm. he might stop having a paycheck come to his house every week. Of course, acknowledging his contract situation with All Elite Wrestling. Yep. And in his uncertainty... Even though he was one of the touted people when the, the, the company started, now it looks like he might be out of a weekly paycheck or monthly paycheck. Sorry. Yeah. Where's his flowers? But last night, I had X Pac help me. Gets Cardona and Myers. 
And you know what? He came out and he did a great job. And you gave him his flowers, the one he wanted. Where are my fucking flowers? Which finally brought out X-Pac. To which X, I thought this was perfect. This is a great promo. Yeah. Which X-Pac came out. Of course, Janela tries to be face out of nowhere. Oh, sorry, did it be? Duh. And he's like, save that shit. He's like, oh, you know. And one time X-Pac was saying about the fans and stuff. And he's like, yeah, let's go X-Pac. He's like, shut up. X-Pac did a great promo here. But he's, he's, he can do them. Yeah. And he said, listen, I hear, I've heard enough of you flapping your gums. Where's your flowers? Where's your respect? You know, we had, you know, I picked you to be my tag partner in this in what could possibly have been my last match because we have a history. But obviously, you know what? You want your flowers? I'll tell you what. You bother me forever for a singles match? You know what? Fuck it. You can have it. Joey Janela, spring break. Me versus you, one-on-one, and I'm going to give you your flowers, and I'm going to shove them right up your ass. X-Pac is coming for that ass. Yes. This is going to be great. So Joey Janela versus X-Pac. Sean Waltman at Joey Janela Spring Break. And what could be X-Pac's final match in the ring? This is going to be a great match. And the story buildup like you touched upon has been perfect. I mean, Janela and GCW is a lot different than Janela and AEW. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm also thankful for this match. Every year at at Spring Break, it seems like when he's healthy, because he missed the last one because he Mm -hmm. wasn't healthy. But every year that he's healthy at spring break, he usually fights a legend. I mean, yeah. that's where the, the, the rebirth of PCO happened. That's where he fought Marty Jannetty. I mean, over the years, it's become this big thing where he fights legends at Joey Janela spring break. This year, he's going to get one of the bigger ones. He's going to get an X-Pac. And like I said, the added bonus here is this is possibly X-Pac's last match. Even though he looks great, he did a great job in the ring. He's just said it's almost his time, probably. So I am anticipating this to be X-Pac's final match. So I'm anticipating fireworks yeah absolutely i think he's gonna go out showing the world that xbox still does have it because hell he had a great match in that tag match on night one mm-hmm. fully agree so i am i cannot wait spring break is heating up whether it's moxley versus aj gray for the gcw world title whether it's joey janella taking going one-on-one with the, the legendary xbox two-time hall of famer and more matches to come down the pike, please believe. Please believe we'll have a tag title match. Of course, we also had that big ultra-violent title match slated, too. Mm-hmm. That big comeback. The Duke of Hardcore, John Wang Geisy, taking on Alex Cologne for that GCW ultra-violent championship. So, that'll end more. Spring break. But that's at the Collective. That's WrestleMania weekend. And that is all we're going to talk about right now for Shot Caller Weekend for GCW in Los Angeles. We're going to take our break. Ken M., when we take our break, they're going to see information about a certain podcast. What, what podcast is that? Well, that would be the ODPH, the Osho Duro Parlay Hour, where we talk about parlay topics each and every week. So if you want to talk sports, pro wrestling, uh, movies, TV, comics, and more, that's the place you got to swing on over to, odphpodcast.com, and the links are all right there. Absolutely. And guess what? You're going to hear Shout Out the Robots doing the theme song oh, yes. from the ODPH as o. Uh, first time viewer, Multiverse of Badness. How you doing? UFC hey, well. what's you going go. on? There you go. Talking that UFC as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, when we take this break, you're going to see that. If you're watching on Twitch, you're going to hear Shout Out the Robots. When we come back, we're going to be talking some WWE news, including the 2K22 roster reveal. And, and more importantly, we're going to get to the bottom of this really convoluted story about Atticus Koger. And Game Changer Wrestling, right after this break.
Always love hearing that shot at the robots. Hell yeah. Gets me pumped, gets me amped. I mean, just so happens shout out the robots. Also, there's a 3FN entrance music as well. So, I mean, it, that, there's good reasons. We love uh, shout at the robots. But enough about shout. Let's talk about some real controversy in the world of independent wrestling. Yeah, this is a weird story. This is some weird tinfoil hat kind of shit. The only reason we're bringing another this is uh, I wish I wish the, the the GCW podcast would have happened already. Lots of questions, I can tell you because I can see the questions on, on, on Patreon. Lots of questions about this situation, so hopefully this will be addressed here in this upcoming week from Brett Lauderdale himself. However, all we have now is this weird cryptic stuff going down. So, notably last weekend we made a, a note on this program even, but during it we were talking because we watched at least we watched both events together. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the fact that Atticus Coger wasn't there night one of GCW. And then he wrestled. We figured it might be because he's injured. But the next day he wrestled for H2O and not on the GCW card. Yeah. Again. Well, after we went off the air, we found out about some interesting going downs because there was a new Twitter account. For somebody who's calling himself the GCW truther. Now, since then, he has deleted some of his more cryptic messages, which were just kind of like leading into things. But the heart of it is we're going to get into right here. So what he is saying, and this I'm going to read the tweet exactly. What he's saying is, in AC, Atticus had a meeting with Brett and quit GCW. After that, Brett called security and had him removed from the venue. Well, I mean, he means for that moment. Uh, he said Atticus told Brett, and he says Gene Carlo, but he meant John Carlo. He was going exclusive to Circle Six and quitting GCW and walked out of their meeting prior to the first GCW show. That's why this didn't happen, and there's a picture of him versus Billy Starks that was slated for Believe Me. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to say Atticus then went back to his hotel room because he was supposed to wrestle for H2O the next night. Since GCW paid for the hotel room, Brett had security kick him, his brother, and his girlfriend out of the room. And then he puts in parentheses, this was the correct decision by Brett. Now, mind you, I'm going to say this. If this is true, I don't hold that against Brett Lauderdale. Right. It sounds bad, but if he quit the company in a meeting and didn't work for them on either show that he was advertised for, Mm -hmm. and GCW footed the bill for the room, (laughs) they shouldn't let him stay unless H2O wanted to cover it. No, I agree with you on that. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, He said... uh, it goes into some more stuff. He says that uh, you talk about Mike Javorian, who was a former merchandise guy for GCW. He says Mike is the guy who was fired by GCW for something to do with their merchandise. He tried to steal Nick Gage. That's why he signed that contract and stole Atticus Coger. Of course, Mike Javorian is the head of Circle Six, which is this new project that Atticus Kogar's in. He's originally saying that he tried to get Nick Gage for that. Hence why Brett signed him to that contract. Mm. Even more interesting. He says, from sources, Atticus offered a GCW title shot and possibly the title against Moxley WrestleMania weekend if he turned uh, Circle Six down and he still walked out. And then he asked, why would you turn that down? He then goes on to say, and uh, he then goes on to say, what did he say? Uh, part of the Atticus and Brett backstage argument has come to light. Brett told Atticus about what they believe Mike did in regards to their merchandise. Atticus did not believe them and chose to believe Mike slash Circle Six and quit. 
Furthermore, he went on to say, here's my last question of the day about Circle Six. Why don't more GCW fans care that Mike Javorian, who worked for GCW, helped produce their shows, handled all their merchandise, and who, who was fired, just stole away one of their biggest talents in Atticus Coger? Now, on surface, I'm like, all of this is feasible to happen. Mm-hmm. I, my time working in the wrestling business, there's a lot of stuff in the back that happens not exactly like this. This is a real convoluted. Yeah. But... This is an out of par for things that I've seen. And I was like, ah, but I still don't believe it. But then, interesting enough, Joey Janela has been the only person who has made a comment askew to this. And the truther retweeted it. Joey Janela's comment, because somebody asked Joey Janela, the question has been deleted since, because it was from another person who was calling himself the GCW truther truther, mm, or something like that, a real weird. truther, some weird shit. So they asked him about Atticus Coger. And Joey's response on Twitter was this. I don't know, man. He was booked in the biggest match of his career with huge ramifications this upcoming Mania weekend. He's a unique, gifted talent. I wish him all the best, dot, dot, dot. Now, night two of GCW in Atlantic City, we clearly thought that Janela was taking a shot towards Atticus when he said from the ring on the microphone after a match, very angrily to nobody we could tell, if you don't want to fucking be here, don't fucking be here. Mm Mm-hmm. And rumor has it that Atticus, for whatever reason, was there as a fan in the crowd. I can't get confirmation on this. But that was what got the ire of one Joey Janela. Yeah. But then Joey Janela kind of confirms that he was going to be in a huge match at Mania. He kind of confirms what the truther was saying. So I don't know what the fuck to think about all this. Where are you at with all of this kind of I don't know. I mean, the, the crazy thing about this is, like you touched on, this is all plausible. Like, could I see this happening to some degree? Yeah. But it's just wild to me to sit back as a fan and see that Atticus Kogar, who's been one of the staples of GCW and for one of the stars in the promotion since it's taken off, to all of a sudden be tagged in this wild soap opera-esque story. I mean, this is real life. It's just mind-blowing to me to see that this is just dissolved so quickly because when you run it back before the world on GCW and Atticus was making it very vocal about how frustrated it appeared that he was um, for all the talent that was coming in outside of GCW for the world on on GCW at the Hammerstein. So if there's smoke, I mean, there's got to be a fire there somewhere. And the scary thing is, it just, it seems plausible, but like, I, I don't know. Like, this is just wild to me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird, but more things came to light from the truther. Just four days ago, he said, new tidbit. AJ Gary was just approached by Mike Javorian slash Circle Six to work their March 19th show. Brett and John Carlos said AJ Gray that he would be blackballed from GCW if he worked that show. The word has come down that no GCW talent should work the Circle Six show. Hmm. Fast forward that uh fast forward to this weekend two days ago when we found out that aj gray is getting a shot this is what truther writes aj gray was just spotted in los angeles shopping for a thank you gift for mike javorian circle six for giving him the leverage to get everything he ever wanted from gcw as you saw last night aj was given atticus coger's spot against moxley wrestlemania weekend and his title win in parentheses and a question mark 
He then goes on to say after they have the announcement, he retweeted the Game Changer Wrestling announcement of it and said, big shout out to Atticus Koger and Mark Javor- Mark, Mike Javorian, Circle Six, for making AJ Gray's title dreams come true. Hmm. Where there's smoke, there's could be fire. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that Brett Lauderdale on the GCW podcast, on Patreon for paid fans, explains this. I know right now in the Patreon feed, there is no less than four or five people asking about this situation. No no more, no less. I They opened the mailbag last week, which usually means that they're going to record a show the same week, but we never got the show. As a matter of fact, I'm looking for the mailbag right now. Here we go. Mailbag, you can see they opened it out last Tuesday. Yes. Usually they do it before the shows. No, 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 no chance of it. Uh, first question. Let me go up to the top. First, very first question. What's the status of Atticus Coger and GCW? Very first question. And there's like three more similar. So I'm hoping that Brett Lauderdale talks about this. And we get that podcast soon. And as soon as we know, we will pass that information along to you. Absolutely. This it's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy fucking story, man. And and you think about it when GCW is on such an emotional high. I mean, they just did the Hammerstein. Everything seemed to be rolling their way. And then all of a sudden, a, a, this alleged story is happening. I mean, just trying to wrap your head around it as a fan. It's just crazy to me, and like I say, I I'm with you. I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know what's going on. Just sitting here watching and, and trying to piece this all together. I man, I just don't even know where we're going with this. Yeah. Well, we'll keep your we'll keep it posted since we bring you GCW news, and we well, it's one of the companies that we do follow uh, really hard because we're both fans of it. Not only that, it is definitely worth following for any fan of pro wrestling. And definitely, we're one of the few podcasts that cover it with full respect. Mm-hmm. We will definitely be bringing you. All the stories as they unfold. But we got some WWE news. Ooh. First and foremost, let's talk about what's on everybody's mind. Before we jump into the 2K stuff, mm-hmm. let's talk about the big news that is everybody's mind. Cesaro. Contract expired. Could not come to a new deal with all or with WWE. I almost said all the wrestling. World Wrestling Entertainment. And he has finished up his stay with World Wrestling Entertainment as of right now. Of course, his his wife is still the assistant trainer down at the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about this? I, first, before I say how that, I just want to point out to people, this is not a release. I saw some people going, oh, WWE dropped the ball. They released Cesaro. No, no, no. His contract expired, and they obviously couldn't come up with a deal. I'm assuming that he wanted Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn money, and WWE probably did not want to give him Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn money. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I feel like this is just, once again, one of those contract negotiations. I, I'm not going to say he's gone for good. But, and much like Cody Rhodes, I'm, I'm assuming he's playing the free agent field right now. Indies are firing hot. He knows he can make some money there. He knows he can get that monthly paycheck from all elite wrestling. Whether they use him or not, it's irrelevant because he can work the indies while doing it. What say you about the Cesaro situation? Oh, well, I agree with you. I mean, for anybody saying he got released, no, that's not the case. But I think what he did is much in the business. He's negotiating a deal. It didn't go – the numbers didn't hit where he wanted to, so he's taking his chance. And, and like you touched upon, the indie scene right now is thriving. So you don't necessarily need to be in WWE or AEW to be having a successful run right now. 
you can go work everywhere and really be a draw. And for him, he's arguably the biggest name out there right now. So for any independent promotion, yeah, he can definitely call his shot. And whether he wants to go back to WWE or not, I mean, that's the one thing about being a free agent and having that ability to call your shot. Because he can go to Impact, where I think he would be doing phenomenal stuff. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ring of Honor is coming back. The possibilities are endless for him to go where he wants. And if he really just wants to test some uh, companies out and, and have some great matches with some new talent, by all means. And then if he wants to go to one of the big two, sure. Well, if you look at it like this, you know, AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, Ring of Honor, all have in common. You can work multiple places, indies, everything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it, no matter where he lands, he can get a paycheck. Yeah. And a, a steady paycheck and apply his trade on the indies as well, which he's an independent guy. So, you never know. I, I'm just saying. The, the wheels of opportunity you're earning... Is it, is it, is it, you know, is it's weird that they couldn't come to an agreement, but I, I'm, I'm assuming that it was, they, they just re-signed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to big money deals Yes, because both of them, you know, as Sami Zayn's said, he's doing the best work of his career right now. Yeah. He, and Kevin Owens is, is happier than pigs and shit in WWE He's in this perfect spot and they both got paid. So I'm sure Cesaro saw that and went, Oh, I'm going to get a similar payday. And WWE was like, nah, well, you know, we'll give you a good payday, but because they pay everybody well, mm-hmm. but we're not going to give you the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn payday. And he probably was like, well, then I'm going to go test the waters. And they're probably like, oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. That's what you do. That's what people do. Yeah. There's no bad blood. There's no ill will. They understand. It's a business move. And on top of that, we don't know the status of Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Cody Rhodes is coming back to World Wrestling Entertainment. If he is... They're probably like, eh, well, what do we need you for right now? And I'm not saying that in a, in a bad way. I'm saying business-wise. Yeah, I mean, right We're already now, adding a high-profile superstar. Yeah. So right now is it's the best time. If, if you want to leave a company like that, yeah, you can go work the indies and really build yourself back up. And you're seeing the blueprint is done, ironically, by Cody Rhodes, who, when he left WWE, he was the hottest name in all pro wrestling because he was working everywhere. That's the way you do it. And, you know, I could see Cesaro doing the same thing. Right on, right on. Are you ready? To talk about the last part of the mid-card, which is the WWE 2K22 roster yes. review. And then also ratings. Yes. And I have the entire list. We're going to go through the list, by the way. I'm and we're ready. also going to go through the people who are not there. Now, before we go, I want to make one statement. There is 30-plus names on this list that are no longer employed by World Wrestling Entertainment. A lot of people are like, ha, ha, ha. You know what I'm doing? I'm going, shit. I get to use these guys in WW2K, and I don't have to use a, a, a create a, a, a community creation spot on them. Right. So I'm happy. Not that they're gone from WWE, but I'm happy they're in the game. And I know Swerve's in the game. So I'm really happy about that. But anyways, uh, it comes out on March 11th. Uh, Kenny Omega's been reported as saying that uh, the WWE game is far better than what they have for AEW. I'm being dead serious. Caught a lot of shit on the internet, too. Wasn't sarcasm, either. Yo. Hey. Because a couple fans on the internet I saw posting out there that were like, oh, man, I'm worried about the game after Kenny Omega seems to not feel that it's on par. Yeah. Yikes, <sighs> if true. Although it looks amazing. I've seen the gameplay footage. I'm sure you have. I've seen a bunch of videos on gameplay footage. It looks like they did a good job. I mean... Uh, they brought GM mode back, which I've never been a GM mode fan. I'm I'm a universe guy, play my own universe, whatever, whatever. I don't need a GM mode. Uh, but they brought that back. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, they have a whole new system 
It looks pretty in- intense. They have a showcase mode still. No word on if there's a career mode or not. Uh, maybe not. Uh, they didn't add any new match types. I do know people were upset about that, but it's like, come on, there's a ton of match types in the game already. Yeah, you have a you have a pretty good variety. And for everybody who thought that they were going to add a uh, war games, I don't think that's going to happen. War games, because it's, it's a little hard to to add that to a game. I'm just throwing it out there. Anyways, here we go. Ready? And these are enough about quarter because that's how four one one mania listed them. Okay. AJ Styles with a 91 rating. All right. Akira Tozawa with a 75 rating. Is he still employed? I think he's still yeah, doing he's stuff still for 24-7, there. right? Alexa Bliss with an 84 rating. Okay. First of the unemployed, Alexander Wolf with a 77 rating. Okay. Andre the Giant in the Legends category with an 88, which I think is low for Andre. That's very low for him. Angel Garza with a 79 rating. Okay. Angelo Dawkins with an 80 rating. Oh. Apollo Crews with an 81 rating. Number two on released, Aria Davari with a 70 rating. Hmm. Asuka with a 90 rating. Makes sense. Austin Theory with an 80 rating. Uh, that's a little high. Awesome in the Legends category, Big Day Batista, 88. Okay. Bailey with an 88 rating as well. Okay, that makes sense. Becky Lynch with a 92 rating. Okay. Also in Legends, and she's been coming back to the ring lately, Beth Phoenix with an 87 rating. Hmm. Bianca Belair with an 87 rating. Oh, that's low. Big Boss Man in the Legends uh, Department, 81. Okay. Big E with an 87 rating. Low. Not third fired wrestler, or released wrestler, sorry. Billy Kay with a 77 rating. Wow. Bobby Lashley. Give him some, put some respect on his name. 91 rating. Very good. That's where he should be. In the Legends Department, Booker T with an 88 rating. Okay. Fourth released wrestler, Braun Strowman with a 90. Whoa, way too high. In the Legends Department, Brett the Hitman Hart with a 91 rating. Okay. The Beast, Brock Lesnar with a 94 rating. That makes sense. Our man to the moon, Cameron Grimes with a 79 rating. Oh, that's too low. Candice LeRae with a 77 rating. Oh, too low there, too. Carmella with a 79 rating. Okay. Cedric Alexander with a 76 rating. Okay. This wrestler wasn't released, but no longer with the company. Cesaro with an 84 rating. Okay. Chad Gable with a 76. Oh, that's way too low for him. Charlotte Flair with a 90. So Becky Lynch higher than her. Well, that makes sense. Making her return in the Legends Department, China with an 87. Okay. Dakota Kai with a 79. Okay. Damian Priest with an 84. Okay, that makes sense. Dana Brooke with a 74. Okay. Number six on the release list, Danny Birch with a 77. Wow. Demon Finn Balor with a 90. Oh, would they have Demon and Finn separated? Yes, I think so. Wow. Okay. Dexter Loomis with a 79. Most of the NXT people are coming off as 79. I think I think that they're trying to keep the, the NXT people lower. I'm I'm not sure there might be a way for you to improve that. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're that's what they did in the past in in, in uh, Universe One. Uh, Legends Department Diesel 87. Okay. Dolph Ziggler 82. Hmm. Dominic Mysterio 79. Okay, that makes sense. Trainer Drew Gulak at 79. Okay. Drew McIntyre 91. Makes sense. Legends Department, man. Viva la raza. Eddie Guerrero, 90. Okay. The Rated R Superstar Edge clocks in at a 91. 
Okay, I can see that. Who's walking with Elias? Elias is walking with a 75. Yeah, is he still he's still there, right? Yes, he's technically he's not been released. Okay. By the way, but speaking of seventh release, Ember Moon at an 81. That's too low for her. Eric Bischoff, who comes with the NWO for life. 69. Okay. Eric from the Viking Raiders, 80. Okay. Legends Department, we got Farouk, 88. Okay. Fabian Ackner, 80. Wow. Okay. Number eight for released. Fandango, 77. Okay. Finn Balor is at an 87. So three below Demon. Three below Demon. Okay. Makes sense, though. It, it makes sense, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't like how they have this. By the way, Legends Department. Legends Department, ready? Goldberg, 88. <laughs> Next up, number nine, if you're counting them, on the release department. And uh, getting me closer to my GCW uh, stable here, because uh, I'll create that in the universe for sure. Grandma Talik at a 79. Wow, too low. Happy Corbin at an 81. Okay. Legends Department in the NWO for Life Division. Hollywood Hogan at a 92. Hmm. Hulk Hogan is also in the game at 91. So one point. Uh... Humberto Carrillo at a 77. That makes sense. Io Shirai at an 82. Just 82. Wow. Okay. Number 10. And he comes in as the NXT uh, North American champion, by the way. But number 10 on the on the people who no longer have a job list. Isaiah Swerve Scott at an 80. Hmm. Ivar from the Viking Raiders at an 81. In the Legends Department, Jake the Snake Roberts at an 85. Also in the Legends Department, JBL at an 88. Number 11 on the release list, Jeff Hardy at an 85. In the Legends Department, Jerry the King Lawler, 86. Jay Uso, 85. Jimmy Uso, 85. Wow. Okay. Legends Division, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, 86. Jinder Mahal, 77, former WWE champion. Wow. That's low. Joaquin Wild. Is that a 79? He's got better than Jinder Mahal. In the Legends Department, technically, John Cena at 92. Okay, well, that makes sense. Number 12 on the release list, John Morrison, 80. Okay. Number 13 on the no longer works there list. I should say it that way because some of them weren't released because this guy wasn't released. Johnny Gargano, he's got an 82. Okay, good. I have zero clue how this guy made it in the game. I don't know if he's still working for NXT UK, but he had a lot of stuff around him, so I can't count him on that list. Jordan Devlin, 79. Okay. But number 14 on the no longer works there list is in the game. Kalisto, 74. Wow. Legends Division, Kane at 82. Hmm. Number 15 on no longer works there list. Karrion Cross at 84. Wow, that's surprising, but good for him. Kylie Ray comes in at 81. Number 16 on the doesn't work here anymore list, Keith Lee at 80. Wait, Karrion Cross was 84. Four, and Keith Lee was only 80? Wow. 80. Wow. 
Apparently, 2K Games is the only thing that can hinder gender, said Pad. Uh, Let him know, very Pad. Very good, Had. Pad, you get the... I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good lord. NWO for Life Edition, Kevin Nash at a 90. Okay. Kevin Owens, 85. Okay. King Nakabora, 88. Makes sense. Kofi Kingston, 88. Okay. Kushida, 79. Number 18 and doesn't work here anymore. Kyle O'Reilly at 81. Okay, good for him. Is Lacey Evans not have a job or just out pregnant still? I thought she's still out maternity. Okay, well, she has an 81. I'm not going to put her on the list. Okay. <laughs> Number 19 without a job there. Lana, 71. Number 20 that no longer works there. Lindsay Dorado with 75. Liv Morgan has a 77. 77? 77. Wow. Also at number 21 with Don't Work There Anymore, Mace <laughs> with a 76. Hmm. Legends Division, Macho Man Randy Savage, 88. Mandy Rose, 80. Okay. The guy who hasn't made it to Monday Night Raw, but is making it to, to 2K22, Monsoor, 80. <laughs> I was going to say, what's Veer? No, Veer, I don't know if he's here. We'll get to that. Okay. But Monsoor is supposed to also be on TV in the States. And not so much. Marcel Barthel, 79. Okay. Maurice, 79. Number 22 on the list of people who no longer are there, Mia Yim, 79. Number 23 on that list, Mickey James at 81. Okay. Legends Division, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, 85. Makes sense. Montez Ford, 82. Okay. Mr. McMahon, 76. Okay. Number 24 on the list of people who aren't there, Murphy, 77. Wow. Uh, wow. He's not on the list yet, but he doesn't want to be there. Mustafa Ali, and he gets a 77. MVP at an 80. Naomi at a 79. Natalia, 84. Number 25 that no longer is there is Nia Jax at 82. Nikki A.S.H., 82. Number 26 is not there. Oni Larkin, 76. Oh, man, it's low. Otis is a 77. Legends Division, Papa Shango, 79. Pete Dunn, 81. Number 27, who is no longer employed with WWE, Peyton Royce, 79. R-Truth, 77. Randy Orton, 88. Raquel Gonzalez, 81. Raul Mendoza's uh, 79. Legends Division, Reza Ramon, 84. She's on this list not once, but twice. And should we count her twice? Mia Yim, because Reckoning also on the list at 76. So I don't think I should count her twice. No, no, we won't count her twice. Uh, Ray Mysterio at 90. Rhea Ripley at 86. Ric Flair at 88. I'm not going to count him because he's in the Legends Division. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's just not fair. Uh, da, 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 da. Ricochet, 82. Riddle, 85. Uh, you know what? I am going to count Road Dog Jesse James as 28. Okay. 85. Robert Roode, 81. Roderick Strong, 80. Hmm. Roman Reigns, the highest in the game. No surprise there at 95. Okay. Legends Division, Rowdy Roddy Piper, 85. Sami Zayn, 80. Oh, that's low. Samoa Joe. So that makes 29. 
And he has got an 86. Okay. Santos Escobar at 81. Okay, good. Sasha Banks at 88. Wow, not 90. Scott Hall, NWO for Life Edition, 90. Seth Rollins, 91. He works in the office still, but he's not on TV. Do we count Shane McMahon? Uh, well, Shane's technically gone, though, is he? No, he's working in the office oh, he's, still. He's still in the office? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll count him as gone. All right, so he's 30 and uh, 79. Shawn Michaels in the Legends Department, 88. Shayna Baszler, 84. Sheamus, 85. Shelton Benjamin, 81. Shotzi, 77. This one's going to get you excited, by the way. But he's also number 31. That doesn't work there anymore. The Legend of Slapjack. 71. 70, wait, 71. No, that is a travesty. <laughs> is the Legend of Slapjack. Damn it. That's an 82 at least. Sonia DeVille, 77. Stephanie McMahon, 77. Six for the NWO for Life Edition, 88. T-Bar, who is still employed with the company, 76. Tamina, 75. Number 32 on our list of no longer working there, Tegan Knox at 79. Number 73, and there's some controversy with this guy. He made the game, though. The Brian Kendrick, 74. The Miz is 86. The Rock in the Legends Department, 93. Number 34. It doesn't work there anymore. Timothy Thatcher at 80. Hmm. Titus O'Neil at 76. Tommaso Ciampa at 84. Number 35, who does not work there anymore, would be Tony Storm at 80. Trent Seven, 77. Triple H at a 91. Trish Stratus at an 88. Is Tucker still there or no? No, he's gone. So 36 belongs to Tucker, 71. Tyler Bate is still in NXT UK, so 82. Uh, Tyler Breeze is not there, so that is number 37. And uh, he's a 77. The Ultimate Warriors in 88. The Undertaker, 90. Ministry of Darkness Undertaker in the Immortal Pack is 93. Phantom Mask Undertaker in the Immortal Pack is 88. Boneyard match Undertaker Undertaker in the Immortal Pack is 91, so that's the highest of the Undertakers. Oh, no. Sorry, Ministry is at 93. Yeah, Ministry is. Walter at 86, and they did list him as Walter. Number 38 on our list of people who are no longer there, William Regal, 85. Okay. X-Pac is also at an 85. And last but certainly not least, Xavier Woods at 86. So no Veer. And Pat says, fun fact, if Veer doesn't show up tonight, he ties... Emelina's record of 133 days for waiting for a superstar debut. Thank you for the update, Pat. So we had 38. 38 wrestlers who are no longer employed are still in the game. And once again, the silver lining is that I don't have to create them, and I have a head start on my GCW roster. Yeah. Kind of a little crazy, though. NXT and tag team wrestlers were, like, super low. And, and I'm sorry, Biggie should be higher. Biggie should be a 90 at least. Uh, you know what? I I would agree. I agree with you, but I will say this: anybody who's above an 85, I think, is still strong in the game because there's only a handful that are above 90. Mm. And so I'm thinking that they were trying to space out. I think he could have come up a little higher. 89, 90 would have been good. Yeah, like but when Finn Balor's at an 88, I'm kind of like you know. Also, uh, also Nakamura is at an 88. Kevin Owens is at an 85. No, 88. Sammy Zayn's an 85. Oh, that's right. So, like, I, I think that they were trying to be balanced because there's not many over 90. Seth Rollins is over 90. The highest rated woman 
And there, I think there's only two women over 90. And the highest rate is Becky at 92. Of course, Brock's at 94. And Roman's at 95. So they're the top two, which is not a surprise. No, that, however, that's however, Brock technically should be stronger than Roman. Let's be honest. Yeah. If we're going to really... You're really but I get why the Golden Boy is 95. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I agree that some of the people could be higher, but I think that they were trying to balance the game. I, I, I'm hoping that, like in years past, Universe Mode... You can up it'll upgrade them. The more you use them, the more they win. The more their stats go up. In your universe mode, at least. It's going to be Slapjack season. Man, the legend of Slapjack. I knew you'd be excited to see that he's still in the game. I, I might Now that I just told me about getting this game. Legend of Slapjack. Murphy's in the game. I mean, if you're starting an AEW roster, you got a good start. Some mm. of those guys are in AEW. If you're starting like a GCW roster, an independent roster like myself, well, I got a head start as well. So that's nice for me because less community creations. Although I can't wait to get some banging-ass community creation. Yes, indeed. I'm not that creative, so I download all my. Thank you to all the creative people <laughs> who might be listening. Hit me up. I'll, I'll definitely get you guys. But there you go. There it is. WWE 2K22 coming out March 11th. That is the roster, which everybody was joking that there was going to be no roster. But, hey, 38, not currently uh, recently axed employees. The one that really just surprised the shit out of me is the Brian Kendrick. Yeah. With all that, uh, you know, whatever. I'm surprised now that Drake works isn't in the game. <laughs> wow. You know, hey, hey, maybe yeah, he's you... the referee. Wouldn't be surprised at this point. Wouldn't be. Wow. Well, with that being said, we are going to take our final break. We're going to do a double shot shot because since you're going to see the information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast, you might as well hear the theme song for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. Of course, that is a song called Fail Better by Shout Out the Robots. Check them out on Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, and YouTube Music. They're fucking awesome. We love them. Uh, you're going to hear that. We're going to go to break. When we come back, it's time for the main event of the evening. And we are talking AEW Revolution. It's going down this Sunday. We're going to be talking about it. You're not going to want to miss it. It's coming up right after this break. week's 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast or anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS and thank you for listening it is that time again 
for an AEW pay-per-view, Ken. Yes. <sighs> we'll, we'll save it all for the end. Let's go through the pay-per-view first. We'll run down the card, of course, this upcoming Sunday, the 6th of March, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I wish they would go back to fucking Saturdays. Let's be honest. Yeah, same. I'm I'm being dead serious. We'll we'll get that out of the way later. Let's just get through the pay per view and we'll talk about all the added stuff at the end. Live from Orlando, Florida, at the Edition Financial Arena, we're gonna have AEW Revolution. Ready to cut break it down? Yeah, let's do this. First up, we got a tornado six man tag team match: Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting taking on the AHFO Andrade El Idolo, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. Man, Andrade's on pay per view. Yeah, this is an interesting setup they're doing. Uh, I have no idea where they're going with Andrade, Matt Hardy, except I think it's going to be like a hostile takeover and Andrade takes over the faction. Leading to the return of Jeff Hardy, well, the emergence of Jeff Hardy in All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, so I think that this is how they write him off because it's just an odd pairing with Sting, Darby, and Sammy. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we know that the the face team's going to win here, yeah. right? Sting's getting the pin. Yeah. Sting goes over clean on Andrade. No, I'm joking. Sting will probably go over on Matt Hardy after Andrade attacks him. Or Cassidy. That's my pick. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Future title shot on the line. Knowing this, it'll be probably two weeks from this night on uh, Dynamite. So two weeks, two Dynamites later. Because for some reason, they love to do that shit. Uh, involved, we got Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and two to be determined. We'll find out one, I do believe, on Dynamite, and then there'll be a surprise one usually. Yes. Because they love their surprises, and so uh, we can kind of speculate who they're going to be. But let's be honest, this is the Hoss battle. Yeah, this is surprising for a ladder match. I mean, the money bet would be on Keith Lee. Yeah. Just because it looks like they want to make a big impact with Keith Lee. So I'm going to say Keith Lee wins this. Yeah, any guesses on who do you think the last two people are going to be? The last two people, I think, is going to be Wardlow and Keith Lee. But I'm going no, to no, 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 last two. Uh, sorry, oh. I, I should have said the last two mystery people. Sorry. All right, so the last two mystery people. I should have said that. But, yes, I, I could agree with you, Wardlow and stuff. So who do you think the last two mystery people are going to be? Okay. Well, I think we're going to be looking at Scorpio Sky. Okay. And I think that it'll be a recent signee. Uh, so I will say is Shane Strickland's uh, 30 days up or 90 days? Yes. Then He's I th- already on indie shows. Then I'm going to say it's going to be him. I would agree with you. I think he'll be the day of surprise. Yeah. Because they always like to have one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this is Keith Lee's to lose. I'm going to say Wardlow. I, I'm, you're going to pick Wardlow to win? I'm taking Wardlow. So Wardlow for you. I'm taking Keith Lee. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Next up, we got a singles match, grudge match, if you will. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston in the eh match of the night. I will say this. I love Eddie Kingston. I want to go on record. I love Eddie Kingston. Just Chris Jericho is now starting to show age. I don't care about how his abs look. I know some people online think that he had uh, implants. I don't think that's the case. Although you never know with him, <laughs> but I'm just saying he, he, dude. Every time he goes for a lion salt these days, I'm afraid he's going to break his neck. No, I'm with you on this, and I will say I'm at least interested for this match for the simple fact that we have been touting about how 
since last year's revolution when Eddie Kingston made the save of all saves in the most dangerous match in AEW history. <laughs> he has slowly emerged as the heart and soul of AEW. He is the le- locker room leader. He yeah. is the undertaker to that ro- to that locker room. Right. And he has been on the cusp of getting a push for something bigger. Because he obviously we know he had the match with Miro that he should have won for the TNT title. We know that he was in the program for Punk for, you know, what was it, a month. And then Brian Danielson. He has been that guy that has just been on that stepping stone to go and raise his stock in the company because he's well worth it. He's fantastic on the mic. He can go in the ring. And with Chris Jericho kind of lost in the shuffle and going with the whole influencer gimmick these days, like, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I think that it's now or never – if you're going to have Eddie take that next step, he's got to win on pay-per-view. And I think that he has to beat Jericho. I know Jericho, I believe, has his cruise coming up, too, so he'll be gone off TV. Mm. So this would be a way to write him off, if memory serves me right. But I'm, it's it's Kingston or bust right now, because if he doesn't win here, I don't – like, what are we doing with him here? I definitely think that Eddie Kingston has to win this match. Yeah. So I'm going with Eddie Kingston winning. Hopefully they'll do the right thing. Next up, we got Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, versus versus John Moxley, the GCW World Heavyweight Champion. Okay, so this is... By the way, GCW title not on the line. Yes, but I would love it if he came down the ring with it, just to say, hey. Nah, he'll come out with the either an Akira hoodie or an AEW or a GCW hoodie. He, he'll be wearing something that is not the brand of AEW, let's no. be honest. What if it's Circle Six? That would piss Brett off, but I don't think so. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a GCW guy, so... Either way, we have this weird storyline where Brian Danielson is trying to form his own fight club. Or he's, yes, it's like this weird elite team, some weird shit, don't know. Faction. We'll just call it faction. Yeah. AEW likes their faction. So he's trying to create a faction. He's trying to create it with a co-captain and John Moxley. John Moxley says that uh, it sounds like a good idea, but to join somebody, he has to fight them first. Yeah. So that's how we end up with this match. A lot of people thought that the way that uh, Brian Danielson was going around it was to not fight John Moxley. So I don't know. Hmm. I will say this: I think Danielson goes over. I think by nefarious ways, somebody interferes. Yeah, like it could be maybe Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia, who are the two names they were kind of tagging with his faction. So what if it's just a setup by Danielson to take out Moxley and have those two, or um, or Moxley wins? Brian Danielson expects, okay, we've had our match. Now you're going to join the team. He says no, and he gets jumped. Yeah, I can see that too. Either way, I think that you're right. There's going to be a jumping. Yes. The, the question is, is it going to be a jumping before the end of the bell to give Daniel, Brian Danielson the win, or is it going to be a jumping after the bell and John Moxley wins because he refuses to join Brian Danielson? Yeah. Either way, I do think you're right. I think that it would be a good spot – for Red Death, Daniel Garcia, and Lee Moriarty to be the people doing the jumping. Mm -hmm. Because I think it would be a good spot for those young kids to be in the American Dragon Dojo, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's what they should just call it. Because they just had two high-profile matches with them, so it makes sense. The only other thing you could do is get a Haas in there, and I I would like to see those two kids first, and then you can get a Haas whenever. Mm -hmm. What would be a real twist of uh, the, the knife, not this knife, but in the future, is you have Eddie Kingston join that group. Ooh. Turns back on Moxley. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. Which would lead to a great feud between him and Moxley, which would I would like. Anyways, but that's why it won't happen. Mm-hmm. 
Next up, let's talk about the AEW TBS title match. Jade Cargill, your champion, defending against Ty Conti. And this is really heated up on Twitter. Yeah, this is all over the place. They're slanging the mud. Your, your, your boyfriend and all that shit and rehashing stuff that makes fans hate the face. Yeah. And then somehow Ty Conti thought it was an equally thing to say using Shaq, which Shaq was only on her first match and not been back since. So, yeah. It just shows that Ty Conti can't talk smack. And then it just shows that a certain amount of people shouldn't cut their own promos. There is something to scripting promos mm -hmm. if you can't cut them. You either need a mouthpiece or you have to have somebody write them. I'm sorry. I am, I fully agree with you on this one. Uh, this one, uh, Jade all day. Like, uh, Yeah, I don't see Jade dropping the bell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no way. Not right now. And I mean, they've kind of broken into Hot Girl Summer or whatever as well because, you know, for some reason, whatever, Jade Cargill's in a fucking feud. It's because she's hot. Yeah. I, I, that's what she always says. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Whatever's. Uh, next up is the AEW World Tag Team title match. Your champions, Jurassic Express, with Christian Cage in the corner, to be honest, will be defending against Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and a mystery team. Well, I think we can all speculate who the mystery team is going to be. Who do you think is going to be? Oh, it's going to be the Young Bucks. Of course it's going to be the Young Bucks. Yes, yeah, there's no way it's Why not Why wouldn't it be the Young Bucks? Exactly. And I will say this. We will have a new. Red Dragon? Yep. Hopefully. Because if the Young Bucks win those belts back, I'm just going to be like, yeah, same shit, different day. Exactly. And that's what I think you need to do because I think, and I'll get to this when we get to the main event too, all roads are leading for double or nothing and the elite versus the formerly undisputed era. Like, that's where we're going with this. I got an idea, though. During this match, the Good Brothers show up. Ooh. They cost Red Dragon, Young Bucks win. Hear me out. We'll finish it at the main event. Ah, there's a tease for you. Uh, we'll get we'll be at the main event shortly enough. Uh, but first, AEW Women's World Title match. Fucking finally. Yes, about damn time. Your champion, Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Thunder Rosa. If Rosa doesn't win, we fucking riot. Facts. Echo that 1,000%. That's all I'm going to say about this match. Yep. All right, next up is the best piece of storytelling AEW has probably ever done. Yeah. In a dog collar match. CM Punk taking on MJF. Okay, we have to address something, though, first. Go ahead. The promo MJF cut last Wednesday. How did you feel about that? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It was a great out of left field, not really a heel promo. It was a face promo, by yeah. the way. I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is great heel work. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. What he did was he cut a face promo, so when he inevitably, this upcoming week, stabs Punk right in the fucking back or uses it to his advantage in the dog collar match, either way, but I think they'll do it this week because it'll be better for the, the pay-per-view, it'll mean that much more. Yeah. And they blurred the lines because they use real life and mix it in with a storyline that's working out perfect. Yeah, this was arguably the best piece of storyline material they have done in the three years the of the fact company. fact that he had a, some tears, a couple tears just tripped down his face at the right time is why MJF is going to be the hottest free agent of 2024. Facts. <laughs> but what if... Vince McMahon is already thinking about it now. It's such good shit, pal. He can cry, yeah. 
But what if this, just hear me out with this though, idea. What if they decide to flip him and they keep him face, he breaks it like, and the pinnacle is kind of left in, in flux, but who comes in, but finally the honeymoon happy to be here punk is gone. And now we get a heel punk. I don't think that's going to happen. I think punk. I think that punk is dead forever. I'm sorry. No, that's fair. He just looks like the guy who's here. To, he collects a fat ass paycheck. It's not like he does horrible in the ring, but it's not the the fire's not there. Mm. I mean, if anything, it was going to bring it out as a thing. Listen, they're going to paint by the numbers here. It's going to piss everybody off, and I'm going to piss everybody off by saying it. It'll be a good piece of storytelling. MJF will probably get a really good heel promo this week after probably taking down punk punk will turn his back on him they'll do some like they're fighting somebody off some bullshit whatever he'll take him out and then at the pay-per-view punk will go over and that's just how it is because then punk will be set up to go on to have a world title feud with the world champion we'll talk about him mm. no i mean i can see that happening unfortunately this is not what i want to see I think the stronger money, uh, their two stronger bets is what you were pitching. A punk heel turn would be great, but I, all his interviews and stuff, he's on that Cody Rhodes trip where he says he doesn't want to be a heel. But see, that's where I think like they might pull that swerve. Like he, like if MJF wins, that's finally what snaps him. Well, like, I mean, you could do it after the match and do the double turn after the match. Yeah. But here's the problem. Then you take your best heel and you turn him babyface. And then you take a questionable punk to work heel. And I don't I don't necessarily like that idea. I think even though I don't like the idea of the fact that Punk will probably go over and, and set himself up in a, for a title run or a title shot, probably at double or nothing, I would assume. Um, even though I don't like it on paper, I prefer it to the other because you have a redeemable factor. Mm. Because if Punk goes on to double or nothing, becomes AEW champion, he gets his little run with the belt, you can revisit in the rubber match MJF versus CM Punk at All Out. Okay, fair point. And at that point in juncture, you can finally crown the heel. I don't think we should make MJF a face. He's too damn good as a heel to make a face. And then you're doing it for a questionable... I mean, I understand the double turn, and I get what you're saying. I think it would be a good thing, but you're getting a questionable punk as a, a heel. Mm. We don't know if that heel fire is still there. There's been nothing in me that indicates that punk can still cut a pro. I made the joke to you a couple weeks ago when we were messaging each other during Dynamite that I, I we're just him short of fucking sharpieing on him in his promo from being when The Rock was phoning it in when he first came back to WWE before the first match between him and John Cena at WrestleMania. Mm. We know how that went. Yeah. That was so atrocious that he ran it back the following fucking year. There's a reason why that match, when I, the once-in-a-lifetime match, happened twice. And, it, and, and ladies and gentlemen, it isn't, it isn't, I promise you, because they, they planned that the whole time. Yeah. It was because that first match, Rock came to the back and pulled that Undertaker like, oh, fuck, that was atrocious. Let me go back. Let me do this again. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it was made that night. I know it was a year bill. But I guarantee that match was made that night when when Rock went to the back, blown up after slipping on his own fucking sweat. Yeah, and went, man, I look like shit in that ring. Not wrong. Like I said, this one is the only one that like really has my interest. Like how this is. All oh, I, play. I think this is going to be a tremendous match. Yeah. Don't take nothing away. No, no, I'm with you though. This match will probably be match of the night. Yeah. If not, it'll be top two. 
because I also think that uh, the Brian Danielson John Moxley match could end up being super good, and the main event could also end up being super good. This uh, there is a possibility that this is not the number one because there is two other really top tier matches on this card. However, I think personally this is going to be the best match of the night. I agree. Hopefully, Punk finds some of that old fire. That's been my problem since CM Punk has been back. I've said on the show, I'm not shying away from it. And so far, everybody I've ever talked to, even when they disagree with me, after talking for a minute, goes, eh, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. The fire just isn't there. That's what we love. I hope Punk finds it. It would be great to do a double turn if I knew that CM Punk was going to deliver as a heel. I don't know that he's going to deliver as a heel. So I would prefer to keep the best heel in the business a heel. Because I don't think that M- I- MJF can be a face. I don't think he can't. I think he, he could be a good face, but he's a way better heel. Oh, I agree. That's what I said. Like, but I just I got this weird feeling they're going to try doing that. So we have a MJF win already. Punk wins this grudge match style. No reason to run it back, except if Punk goes on to become champion, and then you run it back at the biggest show of the year. Because mm-hmm. double or nothing is either your biggest or second biggest. Doesn't matter. All out is your biggest or second biggest. They, they I don't understand which one is which, but that's okay. Either way, they're your two top-tier pay-per-views. So if Punk wins it at double or nothing and loses it at all out to MJF, it's perfect because you have the rubber match right there. It writes its fucking self, believe it or not. Now, do they do that? Yeah. I, I... Do they fumble the ball and give the, you know, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. Do they fumble the ball and give the, you know, give the title to Keith Lee? And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be champion. I'm just saying you have a storyline that writes itself, and here's the problem. If Keith Lee becomes champion in the meantime... That means he has a short title run before Punk takes it because I I just don't see a way where at double or nothing you don't have CM Punk fighting for that belt. Because the storyline should be that. The storyline should be Punk getting a title shot, Punk winning the belt, losing the belt to MJF. And I'm being serious because that's the best way to have a rubber match because you've already done a grudge match on TV. Now you're doing a dog collar match, which is a, is a feud ender usually, but it doesn't have to be here because there's still one more match left. Well, you have to up the stakes. How do you up the stakes? Title's on the line. The old, the old, the old veteran becomes champion again. The guy you're paying a shit ton of money to, so he should be champion at least mm-hmm. once. Against the guy who is ready to grab the brass ring, if you will. No, I agree. I, I That's how they should do it, but I got this sinking suspicion they're not going to go that route. I, and I and like I say, I hope I'm wrong, but I just got this bad feeling. Like when we get into the main event, I'll break that down. Yeah, I got it. All right, so let's go to the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, Hangman Adam Page, taking on Adam Cole, baby, for the belt. So we got to this point. This match, like most of Adam, or, sorry, Adam Hangman Adam Page's. Title run seems just thrown together. Like I don't really think that they've had they've they've had a feud for what three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to this, he had that short like feud with Lance Archer that lasted literally that long. Like I don't really think that they're booking Hangman Page as a champion. However, I've said in the past I think that's because they wanted to move the belt to Brian Danielson and then realized their fan base would have fucking revolted if they did. Yeah. So this is all slap knee jerk. Because I think that Adam Cole was supposed to get the shot at Revolution, but I think Adam Cole was supposed to get the shot at Revolution against the American Dragon Brian Danielson. I agree with you. And I think the problem that we're going to see here is Paige's run as champion, unfortunately, has been lackluster, and that's the best way you can put it. 
Because how many times has he defended that belt since he's won it? Hmm. Danielson. Twice. Three times. Yeah, three times. There's two times against Danielson. And once against once Archer. Once against Archer. That's it. And how many months? He won the belt at All Out? Full gear. Or is it full gear? So November. Yeah. So December, January, February, March. Four, four months. Four months and three defenses. So I, four, four technically, because we got to count the Adam Cole one in there. So four. So one a month is basically what he's at. Yeah, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And for me, I'm sitting here watching going, I think they did it to say, here, fans, we did what you wanted. The moment's here, but now it's gone. All right, so I see this match ending two different ways. And go back to saying, <clears throat> now mind you, <clears throat> the Young Bucks, don't, what I pitched earlier for the Young Bucks has a big thing to do with this. Mm-hmm. If they're so, what do we get? What are we getting on Impact? What are we getting even in AEW? Because because Switchblade Jay White's there, we're getting this Bullet Club resurgence. Yeah. So, the reason I said the Good Brothers who have come in before, I don't know if Impact would allow it, but I don't know if Impact can stop them because of their contracts. So, if you have the Good Brothers come in, which we know are Bullet Club, and you have them cost the bucks. Now, the only other way you could do this is if you have. The Gorillas of Destiny come in and cost the bucks. Mm-hmm. So you could either have, uh, so Pat says, apparently the greatest buildup in pro wrestling history forgot to write anything past the buildup. Yes. I don't know why it's the greatest buildup. I'm I'm still confused. I'm not confused by you, Pat. I'm just confused in general. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I'm thinking that the, the Good Brothers could come in and cost Red Dragon and give the belt back to the bucks, Bullet Club. And then at the end of the night, Switchblade Jay White costs Adam Cole his chance to win the title. Not because Hangman's Bullet Club, but because Switchblade don't want Adam Cole to be Bullet Club. Hmm. So, and then that'll set up possibly Hangman versus Switchblade. Or, like I said before, it'll set up CM Punk to get a title shot against Hangman Page at Double or Nothing, where you have him win the belt. And then you could do a long, finally do a long build for Hangman Page, which would be a lot better. Yeah. And then you could build for uh, Double or Nothing, a Blood and Guts match, or whatever you want to do between the Bullet Club or whatever you have to call them, and whatever you want to call Adam Cole's group. So I would do Adam Cole, or you could drop the belt, which would be, no, you couldn't do that. So like I would do it like Adam Cole, Red Dragon, Insert fourth member. Don't know who that you pick. Against the Young Bucks, Switchblade Jay White, and throw in member. So I don't know who they could throw in. Maybe Kenny Omega. Maybe both teams think Kenny's on their side. But then again, you have to go into his Switchblade not the leader. Because if it's Kenny Omega, that means he's the leader. Yeah. And they've already kind of danced around that a little bit, too. You go in, you go, but here's the cool part. You go in, and you have Kenny Omega on Adam Cole's side. And then you could do this whole, like, bait and switch. So just insert another, give Impact some money, have Chris Bay be the fourth member of Bullet Club, whoever. Bring somebody from Japan. Bring back Kenta. Yeah. Bring back, you know, bring over Evil or something. One of the torture, you know, one of the House of Torture guys. Because it's the hottest click in fucking wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then you have Omega on the other side. And then Omega shows his face as being the leader of the Bullet Club. So right as Adam Cole and company think they're going to fucking win, Omega, you know. Yeah, it does a swerve. 
And then you go, oh, Omega's the leader of the Bullet Club again. See, which would be a great move for Kenny Omega and resurgency of his career. I agree with you completely. I just fear they're not going to do this. Well, it's smart, so they're not. Yeah, but like, I'm just saying that's that is how I would book this match. No, I would literally book this match where right as you think Adam Cole's going to win, fucking Switchblade Jay White comes out, breathe with a Switchblade, boom. Hangman Page doesn't see it happen. Whatever, whatever. Buckshot Lariat, one, two, three. He retains the belt. Do a tease that he's in the Bullet Club, have Bucks and everybody out. Too sweet, too sweet. When he goes to do it, they fucking super kick his ass. And then, you know, Jay White hits him with, you know, breathe, you know, breathe with the switchblade. Ba, 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 ba. Tap, boom, boom. We're done. Good night. Hangman Page still champion. They don't give a fuck about Hangman Page. Yeah. They only wanted to cost Adam Cole. They cost Red Dragon earlier. They cost Adam Cole. Bullet Club reigns supreme. It's the smart play. I agree with you. That's what they should do. I'm fearing, though, Cole wins, and then we set up for Cole Omega at double or nothing. I'm fearing this. I mean, I've seen worse. Right. It's it's not going to be a bad match, but I'm just saying, like, for all the storyline purposes that you got going on, I think all roads are just going to elite versus former Undisputed Era. Because I don't even, like, I, I just have the sinking suspicion they're going to drop the ball with Jay White. Like, he's not coming back. Like, that was a one-and-done week he had and then he's still just pop him in when they need to or or here be out here maybe red herring there's some rumors circling on the internet not that i buy into rumors all mm-hmm. the time but there's some rumors circling around the internet first rumor is the big announcement from tony khan is that he's acquired ring of honor yeah and the ring of honor will run as ring of honor but it'll be kind of like the nxt of AEW. Which is fine. I have no problem with that. It would actually give more in-ring time in a controlled area to AEW stars that don't have time on, on things. And you could pull some of them from, instead of them working independent shows every weekend, every two weeks you could do weekends, or even every weekend you could run Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, I think it makes I think a lot a smart, more sense. Smart move. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that that's a bad move. And I think it is the huge news that you would think it would be. Hmm. We said it before it would be a smart move. I still think it is. Hear me out, though. We don't have any guarantees that Cody Rhodes has signed anything. There's that rumor from DDP that he's working on something, blah, 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 him and, to- and Kant still love each other, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not you, but yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of, once again, rumors and innuendos. Right, right, right. It is what it is. We're not going to buy into anything because we don't. Hear me out, though. What if they pull the Vincent Shane? What if Tony Khan announces he bought Ring of Honor? That's the big announcement. However, at the pay-per-view, we find out he didn't buy Ring of Honor. Out from underneath him, Cody Rhodes bought in Ring of Honor. Who was a synonymous team in Ring of Honor? Red Dragon. So they win the belts. So in this case, they win the belts. Maybe by nefarious means, maybe not. Adam Cole becomes AEW champion. Because Cody Rhodes, and maybe somebody like Brian Cage who resigned for God knows why. Yeah. Maybe the two of them together come in, or whoever else, Ring of Honor thing and help Adam Cole become champion. So then you can have a Ring of Honor front with Adam Cole, Red Dragon, Cody Rhodes in them, and then you can still run Ring of Honor on the side. It is a possibility. I'm not saying it is. I'm just giving you a good possibility. How It would be fucking cool 
Because then, you know, if you did the story right, it's kind of that. And once again, we know Tony Khan's a mark for the fucking 90s shit. Mm. So that is an NWO storyline if I ever read it. Plus, it also ties into the... You know, there's a there's a McMahon signed the contract, but it's not Vince McMahon. It's Shane, Shane McMahon. Only this way, you can't do a McMahon or a Con. You just say all of a sudden, Cody Rhodes after costing him the title. Well, why'd you do this? Well, you thought you bought Ring of Honor, <laughs> but I outbid you. I purchased Ring of Honor, so now Ring of Honor is mine, and I'm going to run against AEW. But now I have your tag titles. And your world title. Because Red Dragon and Adam Cole are Ring of Honor. So now, Ring of Honor, it is kind of it would kind of be a cool on all fronts. Because you have some of the people who left Ring of Honor doing that gimmick and impact. So it kind of buries that gimmick. Mm. But they don't give a fuck about that because those people aren't going back to Ring of Honor. They all signed impact yeah, deals. Yeah, they all signed impact deals. I mean, they could go back if it's an indie. <sighs> I mean, I, I I'm see- just saying we've overlooked it. It could be something they, and it is definitely something up Tony Khan's alley. Oh yeah, doing. I'm it, not it, saying it's a better than the one I pitched. I'm just saying that's up Tony Khan's alley, and it would explain a lot of things. Oh, I can see, I can see it in, in the invasion angle and doing that. Yeah, I mean that's right up his alley about that. Because I do agree with you. I think the announcement this Wednesday on Dynamite is Tony has a business deal of some sort. Whether it's a streaming service, whether it's actual buying Ring of Honor, there's some deal between those two. That's my prediction for that. I think your idea makes a lot of sense, and I think they should try doing something like that. Like even say, like I'll even take Cody out of that equation, right, say right. And, and and say put Kenny Omega in there. Okay, yeah, you know, you like I, I'm the executive vice president. You know, I run with the whole thing, but you know, I left and now I bought Ring of Honor. I'm going to restore this and you know do X, Y, and Z, and then you can run it that way. Good I, points. Good I, points. Because I fully think Cody's going to be at MSG this Saturday. I fu- I'm fully sold that he's the guy that's going to fight Brock. That's fine. I, I'm, yeah. I, he could be. I'm just giving you some. Pictures. No, no, no. But I like. I, I, but I like your idea better. Like, let's I think, think, about, let's think outside do. the box. You yeah. know what I mean. And I'm not saying AEW is going to do any of this because God knows that they they're one of the few companies. And I know we'll. Ca- I'll catch heat for this. And if you co-sign, you'll catch heat. And I know you don't give a shit about catching. Yeah. Heat. And one of the companies is for some reason, and you have to admit this, that they can have the fucking golden goose in hand and somehow let it slide. I agree with you. And 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 like what's insane out there right now to me is there's a lot of people on the internet, you know, we haven't played this in a while, but I still have it in here for reasons. A lot of people who we would define as We need a drink. Prisoners don't get drinks. Oh yeah. Hey, Kool-Aid. My favorite thing to play. Yeah, we haven't played that in a while. Exactly. So there's a lot of people out here. That are doing the uh, the Kool Aid drinking, and and I understand, you know, a lot of them were, you know, whatever we've talked about, you know, this is the fandom that's turned a lot of people off. Why they're not above a million where they should be, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But whatever, hey, what do I know? Hmm. Um, but here's the problem: they're all like, "This is the best card I've ever seen on paper." Where the fuck is it the best card? Listen, man, and I might you might call me a homer for GCW, but GCW on paper is murdering it right now. Where is this the best card in wrestling history? Like, there's a, what? There, the fact that there's three strong matches? Three. There's three. Four. Four if you count Rosa versus Britt Baker, but that depends on what happens in the ring. No, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, we'll give the benefit of the doubt. So four. We'll say so four. We have, so we have Danielson versus Moxley. We have the dog collar match between Punk and MJF. We have the main event between Cole 
and Page, and then we have the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. Jay Cargill and Ty. Uh, and, 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 That's a filler match. Tasha let's is, be honest. Jade is still green as shit, and Ty is not that much better. No, because they just literally throw that storyline together last week. Right. There's but no. Once again, there's nothing to it. Not that much better. Uh, the tag match very convoluted. Plus, you have Jurassic Express in there, and no matter how much you try to sell Jurassic Express to me, they're not that great. No, this they're just there. The people who are online that complain about WWE pushing Rey Mysterio but are good with fucking Jungle Boy is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Because they're almost the same size. Like, so you have to make up your mind. You know what I mean? You have to make up your mind on what matters. And the fact that they got rid of fucking Marco Stunt makes me sick, but good for him because he does better work in the indies. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have that six-man tag that's just throwaway so we can get Sting on the fucking card. That's another filler match. And it's a fucking travesty that Darby Allen's a part of that and not in a bigger match on a pay-per-view. Unless they're going to try teasing him versus Sammy for the TNT, but... Doesn't matter. Yeah, but, doesn't matter. but I agree with you, but it's the same. That should be that should be the match already. Yeah. TNT title should be on the line. Fucking do Gar... Uh, you know, Sammy Guevara versus fucking Darby Allen. Or do him versus Andrade again, which why would you waste that on TV? We could have done it. Instead, we get a six-man fucking tag team match nobody cares about. The ladder match, it is what it is. It could be exciting, could not be, who knows, but there's a lot of big men in that match. I don't think Will Hobbs is going to be doing some fucking phenomenal shit off a ladder, is all I'm going to say. No, because I mean, the only guys that are in that cruiserweight level is what, Cassidy and uh, Ricky Starks thus far. Yeah, and if you add, even if you add Swerve in, mm-hmm. it gets a little better. I, I just, I don't know. Now, what else am I missing? Oh, Kingston versus Jericho, which Kingston should win just to put him over. But at the same time, who really gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, I'm interested for it, but like for the same reason, like this is Kingston's do or die for me. But and you know what? You know what's probably going to get added to? We're probably going to have another match added because they just had Buddy Matthews join the House of Black or was it the Kings of the Black Throne? So I they're going to run well, something. Originally they called them House of Black, but now they've changed it. It's weird. Yeah, against uh, Penta and whatever that gimmick is going right now. Penta and Pac. Well, they're doing Dark Penta, which has been done in AAA before, which I'm fine with. I like yeah, that. but like uh, Phoenix isn't due back for that. So I don't think so. So you do Pac, him, and somebody else. Yeah. I don't even know. Maybe Lance Archer. Yeah. But once again, it's just filler shit. Yeah. But, but on paper, this is the greatest pay-per-view we've ever seen. Now, mind you, it could be great. Their last pay-per-view was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we had to watch it on fucking BR Live, so I had to rewatch it just to see what it was good because it sucked. Mm-hmm. But by recording, we won't have that problem again. But my point still stands. How on paper? And just like Pat said earlier, the greatest buildup in pro wrestling history. How is Adam Cole versus Adam Page the greatest? Why is it that every time there's a main event in AEW, you guys have to come out of the woodwork and say it's the greatest buildup ever? It's been thrown together in three fucking weeks. It's not the greatest buildup ever. Well, really, it goes back to Ring of Honor. No, it doesn't. Stop the bullshit. Long-term booking, you don't understand. No, I understand long-term booking. You guys just learn kayfabe language and think that you understand because fucking Uncle Dave's stupid ass won't tell you any different because he wants more of your money. Mm-hmm. Keep paying me five bucks. And all these little fucking clone groups out here doing podcasts who either fucking spit my takes if they want to do something hot or fucking just spew whatever nonsense is coming out of the mouth of Dave and fucking Brian Alvarez, just fucking run with it. It's dumb shit, man. You can start to see the light of day because some of these people are breaking away and going, wait a minute, this isn't what we were promised. It's a, it's it's amazing what's going on right now. And eventually the, that media is going to turn. 
Mm-hmm. And if this pay-per-view doesn't deliver, guess what? It's going to turn. Dave can be on the fucking dick of AEW. All of you people can think that it, his opinion matters so fucking much, which it doesn't. At the end of the day, he's rated, you know, I don't care. We, the reason I don't talk about his awards and what he rates somebody because it doesn't fucking matter to me. All right. I don't care. We already do our own year-end stuff. And we're just, we do it from a, the as, pure aspect of being impartial to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when every major positive award is pretty much won by AEW, you're not doing it. Well, the, the, the readers did it. Well, who fucking reads and subscribes to their shit? Like, come on, man. And like, honestly, if you're one of those AEW drones, it's surprising to me if you would be listening to this podcast. Right. Hard truths. These are hard fucking truths, man. And, and before you go, the instant defense for you guys would be, oh, WWE drone. No, fuck you. We all know I don't fucking like WWE. The only thing that could book a worse show than fucking AEW is WWE. Mm-hmm. But let's not act like they're exclusively different from each other. You've gotten a thrown together pay-per-view that people want me to pretend is this amazing booking job. When in reality, it's been thrown together. Nothing connects. You can't build off of something that happened in another company three years, four years ago to today. It doesn't work that way. Sorry, guys. It doesn't. It's stupid. But AEW tries that shit all the time. Well, it doesn't work. It hasn't so far. Nobody bought the Mike Tyson shit. Yeah. And nobody's buying this Hangman Page for Sam Cole thing except for the Kool-Aid drinkers. And here's the problem. You're already not buying it because you guys steal their fucking pay-per-views. The company you're fans of. Oh, man, but the last one did 205,000 buys, Ken. 205,000. You know what almost beat that? World on GCW. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. We don't have the full numbers yet for World on GCW. No, because if that winds up beating that, just saying. It was enough that uh, one Nick Gage signed a shit ton of money and uh, GCW ain't hurting to book people. Right. So how great, how great are you doing? And that wasn't even a great show. That was a fucking B show for a GCW. Yeah, it was. Which was sad. Yeah, but yeah. I'll call it, see, once again, I call out truce. And I was fucking there. It was exciting to be there because the atmosphere was amazing. But, but the, the show, show itself. The show itself was okay. So that shows that I won't lie even about the company that I really like. I don't lie about New Japan either. Mm-hmm. No facts. I mean, we that's all we ever give you is that honest opinion. So here I am at the end of the show going, I should be excited, but all I really am is separating with however much my share of this pay-per-view is. Mm-hmm. And at, at least I'm going to be dropping at least a 10 spot, a little more probably with food. At the very least, that's if we get 10 people together or five people together. Yeah. I'm doing the math in my who's swinging over for this. Yeah. Probably me, you, dog. Lincoln. Lincoln. So that's four. Mm-hmm. We know Pat ain't coming. No. Probably smarter for it. Not wrong. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I can hear Pat saying that right now. Not wrong. Exactly. And I, I I love him for it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that everybody's trying to blow smoke up my ass and tell me it's snowing outside. It ain't. Sorry, guys. Sorry. This card is okay. Now, d- now once again, could this be great? He said, hell no, by the way. Uh, yeah, it has the potential to be great, but the thing is, for everybody that's hyping this up and trying to sell it, that this is 
the the card that how great this has been built from day one. It's like, no, it isn't. This is a fly by night pay per view that literally has been put together in three weeks. Like that's the feel of this. My question is, do you think it's going to beat the two hundred five thousand of no. the last one? No, it's not. Last one had too much hype going into it. This, last one was actually really well built. Right. This one does not. I mean, full gear, we had, you know, Omega versus uh, uh, Paige, which even though I don't buy the whole long-term story because I think that they dropped the ball a bunch of times in that story build, it still was intriguing enough, and, of course, people wanted to see Paige win. Right. And then it ended up having match-of-the-year quality fucking tag team title match. Right. It, like, they finished number two on my match-of-the-year scale. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, there is the potential for it, this to be good. We're not saying it's not going to be, but for everybody that's anointing it as, like, the pay-per-view and, oh, my God. Oh, I'm not saying it could be. I, I hope it's the best it can because as I'm going to sit at, 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 as I'm gonna sit in the basement and watch this motherfucker with you, yeah. I hope it's the best show I can see. I, I hope that it's a great show. I hope that we, we sit there and we clap and we go, fuck, man, match-of-the-year contender is, is on this show. Yeah, I, I and I and you know what? If it is, I'll be on next week to tell you all about. Yeah, it. We'll be talking about it next week. But don't lie to me and say that this is the best looking card on paper because it's not. It is not. It's it's just that simple. Because there's there's like I said, there's three matches that really jump out to you. And if you're a casual wrestling fan, there's not even three matches. Mm-hmm. If you're a casual wrestling fan who might want to tune into this, there's really only one match. That's the, well, no, two actually, technically two. Mox and Danielson, and and MJF and Punk. Because mm. name name value for Punk in a dog collar match will carry you through. Right. And most people do know who MJF is by now. And then the other one is two people that you know from World Wrestling Entertainment. If you're a fan, Danielson, that I mean, Cole could draw something, but Hangman Page doesn't draw that from that casual fan. No offense, because I like Hangman Page. And I think it's a travesty what they've done to his title reign. And if they crown Adam Cole, which they very well could at this event, just let me know when Hangman's fucking contract's up next year and I can tell you where he's signing. Yep. And especially if Cody ends up there. The biggest mistake that will ever be made is if Cody Rhodes ends up in World Wrestling Entertainment. If they didn't make a deal, if the big deal from Tony Khan isn't that we fucking spent the money and brought the motherfucker back. I promise you the writing's on the wall. Sorry. It's true. Because now Cody goes to WWE and everybody's like, ooh, they won't use him right. Oh, the fuck they won't. They'll put that fucking title right on him. All right, tell you, he's going to do it Saturday. You're, you're going to have a three-way at WrestleMania. Yeah, you could have a three-way. That's what I'm going to say. There's going to have to do the unification match. But think about that. That's a huge match to turn down for Cody Rhodes. Yeah. You're going to be, you could possibly be in a match with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And I'll tell you how it goes down. If it goes down on Saturday, it's simple. Roman Reigns costs Brock Lesnar the match. Yeah. It's not going to be Cody winning fucking. No, he's not winning clean. Clean. No. But he'll be added, he'll be added to that match because they promised a unification match. Think about that marquee. Yeah. Roman, Brock, Cody. Two belts, one champion. Good Lord, the pyro. Oh, but, but yeah, the point of I the know, matter is, but... win, lose, or draw for Cody at that point, which I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pull the Chris Jericho and have him walk out with both belts. Oh, yeah. They know what the optics look like. And what they're doing is that Cody Rose went out and proved he could main event. Cody Rose proved that he could be the face of something. So now, just like Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal way back when, 
But most recently, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley's on this list, by mm-hmm. the way, who is also looking to be – I heard that he's looking to be in a Red Mania match too, by the way. I hope he, I heard he's into overtime on his rehab because oh, wow. he doesn't want to miss Mania. Fucking true story, by the way. He's a beast. He's a fucking beast. Love me some Bobby Lashley. Here's the thing, though. If they, if, if they sign Cody, Cody gets into a big match at Mania, which also was put on the table. Maybe he doesn't win the belt. Maybe he fails to get it. He can return on Saturday and not get the belt. But here's the thing. If he comes back on Saturday, I guarantee on Monday, we find out it's Edge versus Cody at Mania, mm-hmm. which is still a gigantic high-profile match. Nobody can argue that. And trust me, eventually, Cody will end up with a belt in the main event position. The reason being, in WWE will do it out of spite. And it's also a signal to the guys on that roster that they want, specifically Hangman Page mm-hmm. and, and MJF. MJF. That if you come here, you'll get paid. And you'll get pushed. It's smart. They did the same shit with WCW. And the Radicals. Yeah, they brought in the Radicals. They all got pushed. They brought in Big Show. He got pushed. Mm-hmm. They brought in Chris Jericho. He got pushed. Everybody they brought in from WCW, they gave them a push. And you could argue Jericho a little more. But think about it. Jericho was still Intercontinental Champion. Yep. And although people will be like, well, they put him in the ring with China. It doesn't matter. China was over. Yeah. People that seem to not remember in the late 90s including Jer- Jericho when he's being honest admits it. Jer- fucking China might not have been able to work, but she was over. Completely. It is what it is, guys. So that's why I've been saying this whole time that Tony Khan needs to make it happen. This negotiation, give him what he wants. Give him full creative. Give him a shit ton of money. Because it's going to be egg on your face. And if you guys don't think... The Vince McMahon isn't making his O face if he signs that fucking contract. You're you're fucking wrong. Oh, he'll be amped up for that. And like I say, if he signs that deal Saturday, all the momentum going into Revolution out the window because everybody's going to be talking about Cody at MSG. By the way, there's I I honestly think if you're debuting Cody, Saturday's the day. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, even though it's a house show, first of all, it's a house show at MSG, so it's not really a fucking house show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. But MSG shows are treated a lot differently, Uh even when they're house shows. That's the first thing. Second thing, it is the day before Revolution. So it just fucking... Yeah. Right in their face. Not to mention, let's not forget, World Wrestling Entertainment has Labor Day weekend slotted off for a pay-per-view. What happens on Labor Day weekend, Kent? Uh, That is all out. Hmm. And they slotted off Saturday and Sunday. Mm. WWE did. And a TBA. We've talked about this before. It is a funny coincidence. And you guys and the, the, the everybody out there that wants to argue this and the Dave Meltzers of the world and everybody else will, will just basically, and I'm, I'm sure I'll get a message for this one but uh, <laughs> from, from a certain somebody. Mm. But you know what happens? You all want to preach this shit where WWE is so weak and whatever. It's a multi-billion dollar company. The difference between Tony Khan and AEW and WWE, whether you like it or not, is Vince McMahon is a billionaire because the World Wrestling Entertainment is a billion dollar company. Multi-billion dollar company. Tony Khan is a billionaire because his daddy is a billionaire, not from wrestling. Mm. It never mixes well. And Tony Khan doesn't know how to run a business to save his ass. I'm sorry. If you need any proof... Go ask that soccer team in fucking England how they feel. Go ask the ten, uh, go ask the Jacksonville Jaguars how's it going. It's a shit show. And ask, and I know it got brought up this week by Dave Meltzer. You're welcome, Dave, for detracting it. 
how you're nine or ten figures in the fucking hole. And that was from Tony Khan's own mouth. There's a reason Tony Khan's not happy with me, and that's fine. Fuck him. Don't care. And there's a reason why I don't get attacked that much, because I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's not confidence. It's not bragging. It's just fucking facts, man. So don't tell me this is the greatest card on paper when it's not. And if you feel that it is because you're a fan, that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. But it's not. Yeah. But for you, if it is, I don't care. That's fine. Once again, we always go to the fan. Like what you like. The problem is, is the people who are touting this are the toxic motherfuckers that if you disagree with them, go. Stop making it about WWE. Who cares? WWE is trash. It really is. Yeah. I can't say it any more plain than that. The only thing they got going for them is this WrestleMania season. Yeah. That- and nostalgia. I'll be watching WrestleMania because I always watch WrestleMania. Well, it's WrestleMania. It's, yeah, it's, it's our Super Bowl. I watch. I watch. I watch the Royal Rumble because I like the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Royal Rumble this year more than a lot of people. You know why? Because I wasn't invested in WWE, so I didn't give a fuck what they were doing. It yeah. was. It was fine for me because I'm like, yeah, it was all right. Because I didn't. I'm not invested in their storylines, so I don't care. <laughs> True story. So you know that's the best place to be. So don't don't you know? I'm just saying. If it's a great card, I'm going to love it. If it's not, I'm going to come on here and tell you it wasn't. You got to prove that shit. It's just like I'm, I'm excited to go see the Batman. Thursday, yes. 6 p.m., going to see Batman. Hell yeah. I love Batman. I have a Batman tattoo. But that doesn't mean I'm automatically going, Batman is the best movie I've ever seen. I hope it is. I hope so, too. But if it sucks. <laughs> we'll we'll woo- all be talking about that. Tune in to 3FN next week if yeah. it sucks. Because I don't think it's going to. For the reasons I discussed this week, out everywhere on Tuesday, unless you're on Patreon, it's out right now. Mm-hmm. But the reasons I explained, I don't think it's going to suck. But there's that possibility. And I'm open for that because I call it how I see it. But like I said, I hope, take this for what it's worth. I hope the AEW has a great pay-per-view. I hope Revolution is amazing. I just don't. I just had to address the fucking elephant in the room that on paper, being told that on paper this is the greatest pay per view that's ever existed, isn't true. Yeah. Once again, if it ends up being the greatest pay per view ever, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, we'll talk I about it. I didn't waste fifty fucking dollars. Woohoo! Yeah. Because unlike some of that fan base, I pay. <laughs> we got our receipts. <laughs> and every time, once again, let me put it out there: the challenge, ladies and gentlemen. I know we're not streaming this one. So I can't do the over and under, which you always take the over, by the way. Yes. Every time we've done over and under for an AEW pay-per-view, you always take the over. Because without fail, when we were streaming them, you would get, yo, hook me up with a link, bro. Yep. Like, why do you think I stole it? Why do you think I have a link to steal it? (laughs) Yeah. We paid for it. I'll give you that's That's my favorite line. Whenever that happens in chat, I always said it. Oh, I did. the link is simple. You go to BR Live and buy that shit. Or fight.tv and buy that. Or pay-per-view and buy. That's what our link was. <laughs> go ahead, purchase it. That's what we did. I'm not going to give you my account number. Fuck you. Come on, man. This is the company you go hard for, though. And you're not buying it? Hell, I know some die-hard AEW fans that I will not name that are in personal vicinity to us that get ratted out by people all the time because they they've stolen every single one of their pay-per-views. 
And man, that person it goes hard. There, yeah. when I talk about Kool Aid drinker, I mean fucking Kool Aid. And they've stolen every single one of the pay per views. Actually, I know multiple people, but I got one in mind right mm-hmm. now. Good lord, you can't be a you can't be a huge fan of something and steal a pay per view. <laughs> I love how you got covered your mouth. Are you laughing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there it is. So. My challenge, like it is every time that AEW goes on pay-per-view. My final plea to you. Mind you, I I said all I said. My final plea is if you are a fan of All Elite Wrestling, buy the fucking pay-per-view. Don't go steal it. Don't go ask people for the link. Don't go fucking, you know, whatever. Because there's plenty of people who are not fans of All Elite Wrestling that are still buying the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So please... Please, please, please purchase the pay-per-view. I understand 50 bucks is expensive. I've thought for a long time they should knock that price down, but that's not my job. Get some people together like yeah. we do. I'm only going to pay 10 bucks. Maybe. Maybe less. Who knows? Usually I try to throw a little more. But still, if you get five people together, it's 10 bucks. Yeah. Do not watch it on BR Live. If you're in the States and you have the option to rent it on regular pay-per-view, rent it there. As a matter of fact, if you're in the States and you want to raise some hell with Uncle Tony, tell them that they need to be on Fight.TV. Yes. Because I promise you, if you get BR Live, you're going to be disappointed because that feed sucks. That's another thing we need to address. And maybe that's why some people steal it. So in that case, I I guess I get it. But that's not why. Let's be honest. Because there's been plenty of them where the feed didn't suck. Mm -hmm. Shit, there's only one pay-per-view we ever technically stole and we were told to steal it. Buy the promotion. Yes. That was Triple Up, Triple, triple Mania. Triple Mania last year. Because they couldn't get a deal for whatever reason with the United States to show it on pay-per-view or anything. So the president of that company gave out the link yeah. to the Twitch channel to watch it. And we thank him because we enjoyed it. That's where we found out about Nino Hamalgeisa. Yes. And also the Marvel connection. Yes. And we, Mr. Iguana. I heard about the last show, too. There was a, another Marvel match. Oh, they have them at every show. Yeah. Because they, they have did, a deal. But they that's did great. the Spider-Man meme. Oh, that's good stuff. So there you go, guys. In a nutshell, hopefully next week on this program, we talk that All Elite Wrestling was great this weekend. Yes. But let's just not have the wool pulled over our eyes. It's not the greatest card on paper, sorry. But hopefully it's better than what it should be. And buy the pay-per-view. That's, that's, if anything you took from me, is that we broke down the card. Here it is. Also, speaking of outside chances, (laughs) speaking of you can't ever believe things in wrestling. We told you last week, the only thing that's real is the miles and the money. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Twitch.tv, myself and Ken M are going to be joined by the figurehead owner of Excite Wrestling, because we know that Ken Moneybags is the real owner. We're going to be joined by Johnny Moose in studio, live on Twitch, because they are a week away from their 10-year anniversary. Right. Uh, now, we'll get confirmation, hopefully, because <laughs> we don't know how flaky it is. We, uh, we have his ticket. Well, Ken, in particular, yeah, has, has his, his ticket, ticket for, for the Batman. Batman. We'll see if he shows up for that. Yeah, I know. We have to keep reminding him. And then we're going to try to keep reminding him that he's supposed to come on the show on Monday. So, if that happens, we'll have Johnny Moose in here. And we will be talking some Excite Wrestling, 10 years of Excite, some cool stories. Also, we will be recapping AEW Full Gear, mm. or Full Gear, Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. And uh, we will also be going over anything else in the, in the wrestling world that we need to go over. So, there you go. But add that 
to that tentative list. Yes. Just like not everything on paper is great. You can never believe that Johnny Moose is showing up anywhere until he shows up. True. This is a true story. <laughs> and you can't believe that he's not showing up, even if he's late, because... He runs on a different he time. He runs on Moose time. Yeah, he runs on Moose time. All right. With that being said, you got anything else you want to add in? No, just to echo the fact, if you're a fan, go support the product. Do not try stealing it. Do not try selling people with blinders. It's a it's an okay card. It's not the greatest card of all time. Be a fan. Don't be toxic. I think we've been screaming that for however many years now, but we still have to get on our soapbox and yell that. If you this want, is the 117th episode. There yes, you go. so 117 times we scream, don't be toxic. So follow that advice. If you want more advice, swing on over to odphpodcast.com, where we'll have, we'll talk on the social media. We'll talk on Parlay Points, which got new blocks count anywhere up there. I, I even talked some more AEW on there. Talk some GCW on there. Talk a lot of things on there. T Public Store, all that. Friends of the show. You can find them in the classifieds. Like 8122 Productions. Go support their Patreon. It's great stuff. $1 gets you in the door. $3 gets you come see at a table. I don't know anything more about any of those other alleged tiers. You'll have to just click on and find out for yourself. But how do you do that? You swing on over to odphpodcast.com. And there you go. There you go. And for me, I'll just keep it simple. 8122productions.com, T Public Store, Patreon, Twitch things, all sorts of stuff. And we're on social media, anywhere, any of your social media. Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Um, if you want to send visceral and stuff, I mean, I'll laugh at it. So yeah. I, I always need a good joke. Um, you're probably not going to get much of a response. It's going to be like, eh. Yeah. I don't take people seriously. Uh, Pat says, I'll give people a link. Might not be to AEW, but that's their <laughs> fault for trusting me for an AEW link. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say I'm it. here I for mean, this. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. The more you know. Go to Padawan J on, on Twitter. Uh, it's it's. Uh, do you want me to give out your Twitter handle? Just so go. Just, just go at Od Parlay Hour. You can find the link right there. There you go. Twitter handle. Look up Padawan J's Twitter link, and uh, he he's got your hook up for what may or may not be the AEW pay per view link this Sunday. Keep that as your pin tweet Sunday. All I'm gonna say, Pad. It it might be hilarious. It'll be the greatest moment ever. I just want to hear the responses when people are like, "I have the fucking link." Like no shit, oh man! Gauntlet is thrown. I got, I got some, I got some links you could use. You could introduce them to Kaiju Big Battle. Oh, <gasps> get a link to Kaiju Big Battle. Yes, you might be a better show. You never fucking know. Yeah. Doctor Cube, Doctor Cube is the shit. Let's 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 go on there. If you guys aren't, you guys might not be ready for Kaiju Big Battle, but trust me, you should be ready. For you Kaiju. should be ready for it. It's entertaining. All right. With that being said. We're done ranting, we're done raving, we're done talking. We gave you a long-ass show this week. We'll be back next week, possibly with Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling. If not, we'll be breaking down Excite Wrestling's 10th anniversary anyways. We'll also be breaking down and reviewing AEW's Revolution pay-per-view and all the wrestling news and so much more, giving you our takes and opinions and doing it, you know, in the most understandable, free, from our own minds, not trying to pander and fucking kiss someone's ass because it's cool to do. Uh, with that being said, you are going to hear our good friend Second Suitor. The song is called One Winged Angel. Yo, to Kenny Omega. And of course, uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, great way to end every show. We do it every week. Mm-hmm. So if those of you have been listening, 117 episodes down. 
more to come. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And lastly, but certainly not least, later, wrestling fans!